Hey, it's Ricky Carmichael, and you're watching the Moto X-Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X-Pod Show. What's up, guys? It's time for another episode of the Vital MX Moto X Pod Show, presented by Racetech and Boyson. This week, it's show number 268. We have a full lineup of guests again this week, including Monster Energy Star Yamaha Racing's Levi Kitchen, Red Bull Factory KTM's Maximus Volan, and Gas Gas Elite's Mark Phineas, who just got a fifth in the Supercross Futures class in East Rutherford. Let me introduce first my co-host in studio, running the cameras as usual, Scotty Thompson. What's up, Scotty? Oh, not much, man. Just ready for a good show. Yeah, we had a few technical issues. We had some sound things. Uh, I think we got them figured out. Also in studio, my buddy, owner of Six Feet Under MX here locally, where I get to ride a lot, Steve Williamson. What's going on, Steve? Man, not a lot. Just, you know, pushing dirt, making some fun (laughs) stuff. Yeah, you've been building some stuff. I appreciate you always letting me ride at your track. It gives me a place that's like five minutes down the road to go train and get in shape. Uh, You and I race this weekend, so we're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. Uh, Yeah, a lot to get into. We're going to get right into the Boyson discussion segment brought to you by Boyson's Factory Racing Rider Support Program, a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. Join the community of Boyson Factory Flyers. Visit boyson.com to apply today. Also on the line, I'm going to introduce in just a second my, uh, my Vital MX boss, Michael Lindsay. We're going to talk about a topic that you brought up um, about 250 teams that already have gear deals in place. Some teams do not. Some of those teams that do have gear deals are considering maybe going away from that. We're going to talk about who that benefits, how that benefits the riders, how do the teams bring in extra income if they don't have those deals. Yeah, so ML, get into that a little bit and fill in the listeners on the discussion that you and I had the other day. It's definitely changed as, well, it went one way as we kind of, you know, lost true factory efforts in the 250 class as Honda passed off their program eventually to factory connection uh, when KTM got rid of their factory 250 program and, you know, gave it to, to TLD and then rockstar Husky was originally privatized. Um, you know, you see these 250 teams typically have done, uh, team-wide gear deals, because it's a good amount of income for, for a 250 team. Um, you know, it's anywhere from uh, on a smaller level factory 250 team. It could be just for the gear and the helmet, 150, 200 grand. I've, I mean, I think Geico's shift Fox one was 350 or something back in the day. I, I've heard something around PCSR might be five, 600K or something along those lines. So it's it's money a private team needs to operate off of. Um, and typically with, with 250 kids, it's unique because they're moving in and out of different teams a little more often than 450 guys. Um, you know, you don't know which ones are going to maybe make it for a gear brand. It, it maybe at times, um, it didn't always make as much sense to, to brand the kids. So it was like, Oh, let's pick a good team and work with them. Um, but that has definitely changed the last couple of years, primarily with the Lawrence's when Honda basically reopened their factory two, two fifty program when, when factory connection sadly went away and they absorbed 
uh, Hunter and Jet, they were able to do their own gear deals. And that's a, a pretty good sum of money um, for a 250 rider to be able to lock down. And since then, we've seen KTM, of course, bring back their factory 250 effort. Um, so Volin um, and the All are definitely lucky enough to have that. And now it sounds like Rockstar Husky is going the same direction. I do not believe you will see them in fly gear, fly helmets. It sounds like next year, their riders seem to be negotiating gear deals um, for the 250s. And again, it, it kind of changes like the dynamic um, where it popped up of interest to me is you have Star Racing that right now is kind of the, the king of the castle when it comes to the, the program and the bike, sort of like Mitch was back in the day. I think riders are willing to go there for less money than other teams for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, money, yeah, you can go to, to KTM. Now it sounds like you can go to Husky and get that style that style deal for gear stuff. Um, you know, Honda's got that going on. Uh, it kind of, it, it, back to Mitch, it kind of left me in this weird spot where I was like, man, that's kind of weird now for PC where they aren't as sought after from the, maybe the equipment program side as they once were, but they also still are locked into a gear deal. So there's these other 250 opportunities that it, it can make these guys double or triple their income. Um, it, it could change the dynamic of the 250 class even more. Um, again, when it comes to like uh, PC and some of these mid-level teams that are locked into in gear deals when, yeah, it, it, it does change those guys' um, contract amounts quite a bit. So, yeah, it could affect the riders positively, right, if they can go get their own gear deal, or maybe even negatively. To, well, I don't know if it would be negative, but some guys aren't going to bring the same attention from a gear company. Like, a, a, obviously, a Hayden Deegan is going to be way more sought after than, say, Nick Romano, who has, doesn't have a lot of results. But then for the team standpoint, where do they make up that money that they may lose from the gear deal? Um, I think it depends on on the program. Like a KTM and Husky, of course, being a factory effort, I don't think – you know, 100 grand turn red, there's like that big of a deal to them. Mm. The other thing you could do is you could sort of pass it off to the rider of, hey, instead of your salary, you know, instead of it maybe being 150, maybe we, you know, per rider, you take a little chunk out of theirs. Um, I had this conversation actually with a mid level team the other day, like, hey, at some point you have to evaluate, you know, if you really want to be competitive in terms of getting some of these big names down the road you know, hey, how much, you know, how much your rider's salary is the gear deal offsetting? Is it to the point that you could go to all your riders and go, hey, I'm going to, we're going to cut all your pay in half your offer, but you can go do your own thing. Because like I said, if a rider's getting say 150 on their base salary or something like that, or a hundred and you chop it down to 75 or 50, if they're a decent guy with some decent representation, they can easily go get more than that in gear deals. They can easily go get uh, between boots, gear, helmet, 100, 200, 300 grand. And also be able to start like branding. And it also allows them to like brand and market themselves, of course, at an earlier point in the career, especially where, you know, it used to be once you went to 450s, you did that. But we have so many guys in the 250 class that are hanging out for a lot longer periods of time. Um, it would give them a jump start on being able to do some of their own, you know, gear, some custom colorways, you know, get some butt patches they want on, do some branding, some stuff to sort of make them stand out. Yeah. Um, Marketing themselves. Yeah, and I guess yeah, looking at their futures, that's really important for those guys to, to establish that branding. And like you say, if it's not that big of a deal for the team, which they, when I when I hear a couple hundred thousand dollars, I'm like, that's a lot of money, but I guess you're yeah. right. Yeah. It, true. It, it will, and do you think, like a TLD obviously is going to stay TLD. So yeah. will that have an effect on the riders? Probably it will have on choosing to go to those teams. They're, they're going to, yeah, they're going to re, 
they're going to not maybe consider not going to certain teams because they could make a lot more money. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think it's it's interesting because uh, again, I don't mean to, to pick too hard at, but take like Pro Circuit. You know, they have the dynamic has changed um, over the last decade or so between them and Sargon PC being the outfit that always had the best bikes, the best program. They could afford to pay riders maybe a little bit less than their competition. Yeah. Um, because it's like, hey, you'll make it up by doing well here. Um, the bonuses are good. Everybody's bonus structure is pretty identical now on 250 um, factory level teams. Um, yeah. So with that, yeah, I could see it affecting them and, and TLD because especially in the Austrian side, it's like, well, okay, the other two, if, if you had somehow, if they all kind of had an opening and you're of interest to that o, that OEM batch, it's like, well, if I could get a KTM or Husky, I'd probably do that because I can do my deals there and I can't do it at TLD. Um, I'm kind of wondering with the PC thing, again, that really makes me wonder uh, where that puts them in terms of negotiations with riders, just kind of a sought after. And it's, again, if you're somebody that's um, really, really good that can be branded well, especially like you said, it's interesting because you could have a couple riders that are top five guys and, you know, some just don't have as much personality as others or as much connections. There, there still could be a big difference in their gear deal price. So for some of them, it could be a big amount of income. Some, it, it could be an okay amount. Um, but for those ones that it really could really pay off again in the couple hundred thousand range, it, it's a really big deal. Like, Oh, do I, if, if, if your KTM and your PC deal are identical base salaries, but the one allows you to go get two or 300 grand in gear deals, and on top of that, um, right now when the guys perform, like in the 450 class, say Eli Tomac wins. He's getting his purse money. He's getting his Yamaha bonus. He's getting a bonus from Alpine Stars. He's getting a bonus from Bell. He's getting a bonus from Oakley. And he's getting a bonus possibly from Monster Individual. I don't know how, how the energy drink deal works in the case of the Monster Energy Star program. But, like, there's, you know, it adds up. 250, you're getting your OEM bonus in your purse. You get gear deals involved. Hey, all of a sudden, I can get not only my base salary from my gear deals, I can get bonuses on all those things for being on the podium or winning. Um, so it's not just even base, it's also performance value. Um, and then take even like Honda's case where the guys can even do energy drink on top of that. Again, that it really adds up. Jeez. Lucky yeah, the, I think yeah, lucky them. Teams, yeah. It, it, for some of those teams, it could be a very it could make them rethink again the business model side of it. Like, okay, is it worth doing this? Like, yeah. is it worth parting ways and letting guys uh, do do their own thing? Um, and it potentially, I'm not, you know, it's hard to stamp. Like, anything can happen. But from the outside looking at just at that little statistic, I'm like, okay, this really could affect pro circuit going forward. Again, um, depending on the, the, the how the balance of power is, because at least Star's case, yeah, they can't do it. But again, Pretty much, if somebody's got an offer to go to Star right now, they're in it. If it's competitive base money, they're going to go there. Like for the bike, for the program, it's got that lure to it. It's got that, you know, people see the bike again. It's like how PC was before. It's like, man, I could go here and I know I could win. Yeah, can't on this bike. So if if you believe in yourself, you can go there and pull it off. Uh, that's that's gonna be interesting to see how the next couple of years go with that. Uh, before we proceed. We had some technical issues at the beginning of the show. I just want to let everybody know if you're watching on YouTube, sorry, the chat's not working. Uh, we'll deal with it. We'll figure it out later on. I want to get you guys involved. And this next topic that we're going to talk about briefly comes from some of our listeners. But before I do that, I want to mention Race Tech Service Centers. Uh, did you, Steve, did you know you can get the same great products, settings, and services that Race Tech offers local, locally to you with a tuner you can drive to and likely even see at the racetrack? It's pretty cool. 
Racetech has a network of service centers around the globe who have access to the same parts and settings as Racetech's headquarters in Corona, California. All you got to do is log on to Racetech.com to find the Racetech Center closest to you. This week's featured Racetech service center is DRS Suspension in Fresno, California. Tuner to many of the fastest mini bike racers in the country and even swept the 65cc podium at Loretta's in 2022. If you're in the Fresno, California area, check out DRS Suspension. If you're anywhere else, Racetech.com to find your local service center and you can get your suspension tuned to perfection. Uh, one other topic I want to talk about before we get to Levi Kitchen, ML. Uh, we had a listener reach out. I, again, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com is how you get a hold of us. You can send us your 60 picks, your procs, highs, and lows if you want to get involved in those segments. We'll start reading them. But uh, a listener reached out and he said, uh, I want to start with it. Well, that's, I'm reading my own notes. What an idiot. Uh, let's see here. This week, Travis Brock asked a question. I thought this would be perfect for ML. Teams that are running factory transmissions, I want to know how close they are to the gear ratios of a standard bike. I hear guys say they can clear a triple in first gear, which doesn't seem to uh, you doesn't seem to be able to do on an OEM transmission. And then they say they're in fourth in the whoops, which seems crazy fast. So, how close are the gear ratios on a uh, factory bike compared to what we would buy stock? Um, I don't think they're that different now because they're, they are different. Um, it's a little more minute now because um, you hear the OEMs year after year like, oh, we've done this with our train to be closer to what the team, like how we made a big push with that with their newest 250 tranny supposedly. Mm-hmm. Which, like Second and third is almost identical to what PC is doing. Um, and then in 450, it's a little different. So between the two, so let's start with 450, uh, 450, you do see four speeds occasionally still, um, the factory Yamaha 450, like Tomax bikes on a four speed right now. Um, they just don't. And the way that works is you basically have a dummy gear in there. Uh, the gear, like the rule book's pretty gray. Like, the like TJ, like, like, like TJ, the dummy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You're this whole. I don't know if you you could talk right now with the uh, the way this has been started out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, Fair enough. So yeah, they they don't need all the they don't need to basically four fifty super contact. They can massage that around and move that around with the four speed. Um, and yeah, they have super long first gears. Two fifties are not jumping triples in first gear, but four fifty guys can. Um, like I remember when JB was MCR, like one of two factory components basically on his bike was a factory front brake and they had the longer first gear assembled into his production transmission because he liked to hit triples in first. And yeah, the 450, it's so punchy. Uh, I think we like, we look at supercross triples, like they're big again, they're only 60 feet. We all jump 60 foot tables at home all the time and stuff. They aren't that long. They, they're booters. Um, so yeah, nice first gear a little bit longer in stock could help these guys in really tricky conditions instead of trying to be in second and slide the clutch just have it in first and all the power is on tap and it makes it easy um so that's definitely doable and then yeah move to the 250s they're still pretty much five speeds um heck we say oh it sounds weird guys are hitting whoops in fourth no the majority of guys are hitting whoops in fourth there are guys hitting whoops in fifth like McAdoo's infamous for that and it's just because the 250s run out of run out of power if you can lug the thing in in fourth or fifth it can keep building power across the whoops because every time the rear tire like goes between whoops it spins up for a second so the rpm rate can keep climbing where they they've got them geared pretty tight in supercross to give you an example the factory ktm 250s run a 14 50 
1452 to 1453 in outdoors. The the stock buy comes with 1451 to 1452. In Supercross, they're running a 1353, which would be equivalent to a or is it 1351? Sorry, it's equivalent to like a 1454, 55. Like they're running it really tight, you know, short, punchy feeling. So they're able to row through the gears pretty quickly. Um, in terms of the transmission, what you see is these guys have enough roll speed. They don't need second gear to be that low. Their second gear is a lot taller, and it kind of overlaps with third, and third can even overlap with fourth a little bit in terms. So it makes the bike super rideable with the amount of power a factory 250 makes. You can almost make mistakes, and if you should have been in second, second overlaps hard enough in a third. Third's still pretty peppy, but if you stayed in second, it'll run up into third where you could short shift out second and third a good place. If you run second really long, yeah. it shifts in the third. It just makes all the power massage around those guys. And a big thing is most people, because I've actually known some people that haven't been like Joe below weekend warrior that don't like the transmission change on the production Cowie 250 because second is so tall. Now they're having to go to first in the corner. So a lot mm. of this is based on full speed. These guys carry their corner speed. It's just so much better than the rest of us straight up. Um, so yeah, some of those changes, you know, you hear it on paper, you're like, Oh, why don't we have something like that? And it's like, well, um, you'd actually hate it. <laughs> like, yeah. You'd probably hate the suspension. You'd hate the work suspension. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's all tailored around what, what those guys are, are capable of. And yeah, there are some, and then even one last thing on top of that more, I would say is there's also teams that have primary, uh, the primary gear actually like on the back of the clutch hub can be changed. Um, because say you take a bike that production has say a 1349, and that's like a long wheelbase. Most of your pros run long wheelbase bikes. Um, but the power is better on a 1350, but the way it works out with chain length, like you can't run the long wheelbase. It, the chain's too slacked out, so you end up pulling it in. So a lot of us will do that and just put up with it because it doesn't bother the regular person as much. What they'll do is go, okay, we like the wheelbase of the 1349, but we like the power of the 1350. We're going to change the final primary before it drives out to basically math out that the bike with a 1349 is now acting like a 1350. So we were able to keep our wheelbase, but we've gotten the power change of that. Um, and that requires like the primary gear off the clutch and some of the accessory gears to be changed. So that's another thing a works team will go through and uh, pretty much have made. Well, glad I'm, I'm glad I'm not a mechanic. Cause that yeah, sounds terrifying. Yeah, I, I hope we <laughs> answered Travis's question. I, I will. I, I take a little offense to your, your comment about most of us don't have the roll speed these guys do. I don't know, man. I was roll speeding it up this weekend, ML, and I actually did have to jump that triple in second one time. I seat bounced it because I missed the double. What, Steve? Sounds like, it sounds like a big triple. Uh, it's 110 yeah. feet. Is, it, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah, okay. Did you not see my video that I posted, ML? Yeah, you said you jumped that second. Yeah, because I there's a double before it, and I I got really really cross rutted and missed it, and the guy behind me was gonna pass me if I didn't jump it, so I just crossed my fingers and shifted <laughs> down, and yeah, seat bounced it and made it. I I mean I did land on top of it, but yeah, yeah. I bet that thing was ragged. <laughs> it was awesome, bleeding. It yeah, was, we'll, we'll talk about Johnsonville later on after right. ML's off the phone. Um, one more question before we get to Levi Kitchen. Uh, ML, we had our fifth winner this weekend in Justin Barsha. With three to go, do we get a sixth? 99% chance of no. We got we got to our season average of five. I don't see six. Yeah. Um, 
love to hear from you guys who you think it would be. Like off the top of my head, the only person I think that's capable of it, but I don't think the form is good enough right now, is is Anderson. There's a shot. There's always a chance, but I, I think it's pretty low. I, I just these final races. I think Barsha's on such a tear right now, Kenny, and then you got the three three title contenders. Um, I just don't see it. Okay, we do have our next guest on the line, so we don't have a ton of time to get into it. But just yes or no, Steve? Can we have do we do we see a sixth winner? Um, what about Plessinger? Uh, what, how is he feeling after last week? I mean, he's. I think he'll be back. I think he's okay. Yeah, he's a good mud rider too. So, so maybe awesome. if we get some rain. Okay, Scotty. Yes or no? Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no on that. I think it's even. I could even whittle it down to. I don't think it's going to be more than two or three guys that could even win it. So, okay. All right, I'm going to say, yes, we do see a sixth winner. I'm throwing it out there just so yeah. I look like a genius if it works out. Uh, WUSA is your source for all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Smith, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jeremy McGrath, just to name a few, we have what you need. We have the exclusive W Edge wheel set starting at $799. As the exclusive importer of Han Kite and Town Hubs, as well as XL and DID rims, we can build your dream wheels. Give us a call or check us out at www.wusa.com and follow us on Instagram. Mention the Moto X Pod Show to get a discount. Tonight, WUSA brings us from the Monster Energy Star Yamaha Racing Team, Levi Kitchen. What's up, Levi? Hey, how you doing? Doing good, man. Sorry about keeping you on hold there for a few minutes. Um, man, I want to just talk about your season to start with. You're currently fourth in points and only six down on Enzo, so I would assume your goal right now is to uh, get that get that third place. But I think people probably forget that you really are only in your second season, and last season was only two starts, I believe. Like you're still basically a rookie. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it definitely was unfortunate how last season went. So. In a way, as far as experience-wise, yeah, I would say I, I don't have near as much experience as a lot of those guys. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, to be to be where I'm at right now is, you know, I'm I'm happy with it. Um, I just I've been very inconsistent, unfortunately. Um, you know, I think DNFing uh, San Diego hurt me a little bit in points, obviously, and then I don't know, I just been kind of all over the board. I mean, it was nice to get a win, and then um, yeah, the struggle for me is like kind of years past it's like i mean obviously my starts are good um at times i mean they're great like glendale i hold shot every main but then again i have some <clears throat> some moments where i don't get off the line too great and then it it really costs me so um yeah i mean overall i'm, I'm pretty happy though yeah do you feel the contributing factor to your inconsistencies is the starts or is it a number of things that you're still working on um, I would say majority of it starts. I'm just one of those guys, like if I start up front, I can, I wouldn't say easily, but, um, the pace kind of comes to me. Like I can see the pace as other guys are going and everything. So that's affects me a little bit. And then, um, you know, obviously this last weekend was, was kind of a wash for me. I, uh, <laughs> it didn't go as, as planned and with the rain and everything, I thought I would really do well in the mud, but I stalled my bike on the first lap and then was dead last. And, uh, really <laughs> i rode like a pansy i'll tell you that until uh <laughs> luckily i found pierce brown about halfway through the main and um hopped in behind him and realized everybody was jumping pretty much damn near everything so uh yeah i started jumping everything and i started riding better at the end but by then it was 
it was way too late. So yeah, that was a good learning experience for me. You know, I didn't think that um, people would be tripling rhythms and all that good stuff in the mud. So me yeah. either. Yeah, I didn't either. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> Go ahead, ML. Yeah. yeah, I was curious, Levi. So I mean, Pacific Northwest, we know it rains a lot up there. Would you say you're particularly uh, comfortable in the mud? Hearing you say that you weren't jumping a lot. Um, I'm guessing you have plenty of mud practice, but would you consider yourself a, uh, a high, uh, good mud rider? You know, I would have thought I was, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I, it depends. Like that wasn't to me, the way we were riding, it wasn't really like a normal mud race. I mean, like I said, they were pretty much jumping everything and all that. So those guys were bonsai and puddles flashing and stuff. So, um, I think I am decent in the mud. I also have, Unfortunately, you know, last year before Millville, when I got hurt in outdoors, I broke my wrist in the mud. And then on Supercross, I broke my shoulder on my rookie year um, in some kind of slicker conditions. So, I don't know. I almost have a little bit of a, I don't know, a mental block when it comes to the mud, especially on a Supercross track. But um, definitely going to practice it more. And unfortunately, like I moved from the Northwest you know, when I was in the B class or whatever. So, um, I haven't really raced in the mud and I can't even tell you the last time. I mean, probably maybe little bikes. So, uh, it's been a long time. The thing that tripped me out the most on the opening lap, like <clears throat> seeing the amount of standing water on the track, I was like, okay, that means it's not absorbing. There's, there's base. I kind of expected, you know, for at least for the first couple laps of 250 main for quite a bit of stuff to be jumpable. Um, but like, you know, cameras are rolling, you see Anstey on one of the rhythms go like three in or something and the amount of water you guys are landing in, in my head, all I can think is, okay, like you're going to hit that. The bike's going to get pulled down quite a bit. It's going to completely change your thought process on the timing. And I was again, blown away at a couple of the guys, how quickly they just adapted and went, Oh, like continue going three, three through something. Uh, how like, did that mess with you at all, landing into those puddles as much as they pull down the bike? Did it make you have to, like, really recalculate, okay, how much faster do I have to go as much as the bike's being pulled down, or was it not that bad? Um, I didn't notice it too much, but then again, I mean, like I said, I was pretty much rolling around back there. So, um, I don't know. I didn't feel like it affected it too much. I did notice late in the race, like, you know, I'd go up to the triple, and it, it got harder every lap, and I think it was just because of how – much mud was on my bike so i could definitely feel the weight um but yeah it was weird man like the the base of the track was much harder than i had assumed it would be and um obviously by the 450 man it was pretty much smoked but uh yeah those those first few laps i mean those guys were they were moving hey levi i i just kind of was going to ask you about the, a lot of the it seems like other than pretty much the Lawrence brothers, there's been a lot of inconsistencies in guys where you, you know, you yourself, you'll have a win and then the next race won't go as well. And we've seen that on both coasts. Um, do you think that that is, is there a root cause of that? Is it track conditions? Is it just the level of pace that we're at in the class? Do you kind of think that there's maybe a root cause of, of the lack of inconsistencies or is it just kind of the way we're at this season? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, for me, the inconsistent part, I think, is just, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of it's confidence. Like, sometimes I don't, you know, maybe I don't believe in myself enough. And, uh, you know, a lot of it comes with the start. Like, when I start up there, I mean, pretty much every time it's went pretty well. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I don't know. And it's kind of weird. You do see it on both coasts. I mean, on our coast, RJ has been rock solid, um, you know, and it seemed like forever is just, you know, one, two and three was him and uh, Lawrence and McAdoo. But uh, yeah, like that fourth, fifth, like all of us back there, it has definitely been all over the board. And uh, I'm not really sure why it is. I think a lot of it's just like for me, it's just adapting to that speed. And, um, you know, it's hard to to run that speed and i think everybody obviously you know we all want to win so we kind of have to push over our limit and and luckily that's the thing is i've also kind of you know if, if something's out of my comfort zone this year i haven't i don't really have like that dumb young <laughs> kind of not not care attitude anymore just because i i really wanted to just get a full season in and and uh come into outdoors you know healthy and and um so yeah that's the biggest thing i'm just you know, maybe it's caution here and there is kind of the inconsistent part. When I get a bad start, um, I'm probably a little too cautious. So I think that's probably my case. Hey, Levi, this is Steve from Six Foot Under MX. Um, speaking of consistent on your starts, you know, you, you've had some really good ones this year, then, then not so good. Is it the bike? Is it mental? Is it technique? Or um, you know, do you have an idea? I don't know, really know, to be honest. I mean, every time. You know, like, I think the advantage we have is, um, you know, we have a fast bike. So, but in in 20 feet, you know, if it's a short start, like, once you get a wheel on somebody, you kind of have it. And, uh, you know, all the longer starts, like Glendale, I would just line up outside all those guys. And uh, I just wouldn't, you know, they'd all shut off and I'd just hold on a little bit longer. So, that was kind of my advantage. And, um you know, I don't know. It's just definitely inconsistent for me. And, um, like this last weekend and, uh, oh, obviously the main was slick, but even in the heat, like I did a normal start, like I normally would, but that dirt was kind of rocky and loose and I just, I spun super bad. So, um, yeah, a lot of it's, I don't know, just the different conditions and different dirt. So I just got to get it down. Leave. I want to go back to something you mentioned a moment ago. Uh, you mentioned lack of confidence at times, and you were a successful amateur rider. You know you have the speed. Uh, you've won a Supercross race. You I, you led some races. I mean, you clearly have the ability. You know what you have talent-wise. What do you think breeds that lack of confidence? Be, uh, I mean, obviously, your results aren't what you want them to be, but it's not like you've been getting 20th. You know, where do you think that comes from? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just, it's tough after a while when, um, you know, you see, you feel like you're the worst is when you feel like you're, you're riding well and it, um, you know, you still don't end up where you would like to. So Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. And, um, also just kind of the, the unknowns. I mean, these guys that, that have had a few seasons under their belt, like it's pretty, I'd say it's probably pretty easy for them because, you know, they have so many races and um, just that experience. And, you know, there's no second guessing like that they can do it. And for some reason, you know, like, I don't know, I, I, there's times where whether it's a rhythm section or whatever the case is, like, I just got to, I don't know, I just simply got to believe in myself more. Like it's, it's definitely all, all me. And I struggled with the same thing, um, you know, on an amateur level. And then, it's like almost like once you start seeing success, it becomes easier. And, uh, that was what I was kind of bummed about, like with the way the, the mud race went. Cause I actually did feel like after Glendale, um, 
you know, obviously sucks getting all the whole shots and getting passed, but (laughs) I still felt like it was a good race for me. And, um, so I did have confidence going in, going in this weekend and even qualifying to me, like I can kind of brush it off. I'm not the greatest in qualifying. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just going to take time, but I think, you know, once you do it a few times, it, it becomes easier. Sure. I was curious. We we were actually talking about this right before we have you on the on the line, Levi. So a little bit of a dynamic that's changing in the 250 class, um, at least it looks like it is. Is for you, the rider. Um, some of these factory level teams are having the option to do your own gear deal. I know that you are somebody. It sounds like is in a in a contract year. Does that really change your opinion at all of of the offers you get? in terms of financials of like what the team offer is versus being able to do some of your own deals, being able to brand yourself. Um, or do you, you know, at the level you're at, is it purely where do I think I'm going to perform the best? You know, how, how do you weigh that up? And do you think that sort of change with some more of these teams allowing that, do you think that's going to affect anything going forward or uh, affect a decision for somebody of your level? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it definitely, you know, when you hear you can do your own team or your own gear deal and all that kind of stuff, like obviously money comes into play and, um, you know, money's not everything, but it's, it's important. And, um, but also winning's important. You know, you can make more money winning, you know, from bonuses and stuff than you can from just your set salary. So, um, to a, to a certain extent. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see more teams doing it. Um, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, these teams, they also have to, they have to make money to be able to, to be able to do the teams that they do. And, and, and that's where a lot of their income is, I would say. So, um, I don't think you'll see, especially a team like star racing, you know, when the, they have simply too many people to, to be able to pull that off, I think. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my opinion on it. Yeah. It was one we kind of talked about, we definitely didn't think, you know, it was, it was sort of the weight of like, when you take star of course you have the the quality of the bike and the program that the allure because like you said if you can win the bonuses will more than make up for it but yeah with honda ktm and it sounds like husky doing it's like oh there's some some options um but then yeah weighing in the bike and the performance comes up a lot because i think i even came up back in the day with like when fc first kind of started getting aggressive with guys it was like oh you know, and I, I guess this could be the mentality of riders. Like, hey, you know, at that time PC was the big heyday. It's like I can go to PC. The base salary isn't a lot. So I can't, you know, the pay's a lot lower, but I'm going to win. And <laughs> winning pays well. <laughs> Versus, oh, I could make all this up front. Oh, I guess if I only get one win or two wins a year, who cares? I, I made a lot more base salary. But yeah, if you if you want to win, ultimately, uh, being on top of on top of the podium pays the bills a lot better. Yeah, for sure. And also, just for your, I mean. You know, I don't think there's a racer out there. I mean, maybe when, you know, you're older and you're just trying to get a paycheck, um, maybe at the 450 level. But, um, you know, us 250 guys, especially, like, I doubt there's a guy out there who, who is, ha- like, okay with, you know, getting third, fourth, and fifth and, you know, making good money off their salary. But at the end of the day, like, for us to have an opportunity to go to 450s or whatever the case is, like, you know, we need to we need to be able to win and um, – I think that outweighs the the financial part of things, and um, yeah, that, I think that's everything. Is just is just knowing you can win with the program. Yeah, Levi Kitchen brought to you tonight by WUSA. 
Levi, you know, branding is always an important thing with you guys, especially at the level that you're at. And I really like the whole chef thing. <laughs> I, it's, I've talked to you about it before last time you were on, but I just kind of wanted to know where where you're at with the fans and how is it going and um, if you notice more attention because of it, are people giving you recipes? Like, uh, do you, <laughs> you know, is it stuff like that? Like, Can you what is, it? what is it like having the chef being Here's your, my your recipe to win? Yeah, what's it, what's it like having the chef being like your thing? <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's cool. You know, I didn't really, I didn't think it would ever, you know, happen the way it did. As far, I don't remember actually who started. I want to say it was Wygant, maybe. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's definitely cool. Um, and I think it's a great way for me to brand myself. And, um, you know, moving forward, I definitely – it's kind of hard because we just – with racing and stuff, like, you know, we're pretty pretty well focused on that. So I'm actually trying to uh, start getting better about the branding thing. And, um, you know, I would love to – especially, like, watch Google this year and stuff. Um, I'm trying to kind of give back to the fans more and um, – you know, I, I would love to see people wearing like I want to somehow, you know, get some chef hats involved or something. So <laughs> yeah, cool. people can wear them out of the track. And, uh, yeah, I, it's definitely important. Like you said, the, the branding thing is can go a long way. And, um, you know, you can make a lot, a lot more money and um, just get that exposure that that I think is necessary. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, a, a cookbook would fly off the shelves, dude. You got to do it. <laughs> I don't really know how to cook, though. I'm not the greatest cook. <laughs> you don't have to come up with yourself. You can find somebody a... else. Your mom can't cook. You know, somebody can cook. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, my mom can cook. cook for sure. There you go. Yeah, Just yeah. pull out. I do kind of like the idea of like a straw hat that's in the shape of a chef hat or something. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. No, I could just, I was thinking about somehow just, you know, Grilling out at the the star rig and you know make it make yeah, it. Yeah, I mean Jets do donuts. I, would, you know? I wouldn't have the time for that. So I'm thinking some ribs, brisket. Google, you set up. People some would apartment. people would come back saying they have food poisoning. I get in trouble. So, <laughs> bro, hey, you just take care of the media and the press box at Supercross, and we'll promote the crap out of it, man. You you send up some like <laughs> even if it's hot dogs, send up some some chef dogs, some Levi Kitchen <laughs> hot dogs. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Levi. So again, we, I mentioned at the beginning of this thing that really you don't have that many supercrosses under your belt. So what I want to know is just what has been your, your biggest improvement? Clearly not starts, but what have you improved <laughs> on the most that you're, that you're really proud of yourself for? Um, I feel like I haven't really got to show it because we haven't had like a big set of them, but I mean, I've been pretty damn good in the whoops. Like, uh, I would like, you know, I'm not amazing and I'm not no Christian Craig, but, um, <laughs> compared to, you know, when I first got on Supercross and stuff, uh, like it's, it's nice for me. Like those don't really come into mind for me. Like when I'm going around a Supercross track, like that's everybody and everybody's or every rookie, I'm sure you could ask. That's obviously like the biggest struggle. And for me, um, you know, they've, I've definitely gotten better and just more confident. So I'm, I'm proud of like proud of that. Cause I know it can, you know, if that's a struggle, I think for people, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a tough, tough run for sure. So, uh, like I said, we've, we've kind of lucked out like last week and I think there was seven whoops total. So, um, you know, on yeah. that, on that case, there wasn't very many, but, uh, somewhere like Oakland, 
um you know that that one was fun because we had a lot of them so uh, yeah i'm stoked on that cool good for you man I was, um, this one's a little bit of a throwback, but I actually got this email a couple weeks ago. Somebody was asking me, um, basically if the steg pegs, uh, thing had ended and then supercross, I know you, you haven't been running them indoors this year. And I was wondering if that's down to you figuring out something different technique wise, or is it something that kind of only because of the way you ride the bike in outdoors versus supercross, is it something you only found benefit in, um, and outdoors and it doesn't really work with your riding position in supercross? Uh, yeah, good question. I actually, um, I've been riding outdoors obviously lately and yeah, I got, got those bad boys back on. So, uh, no, it's, I tried them, um, like the first week on supercross and it was definitely not beneficial. It's, it's actually a little bit, a little sketchy just because the way you like lock into a set of whoops and everything, you, you don't really, you don't realize it, but I mean, if, if something goes a little South, like you can, you have to kind of get even further back than those seg pegs. So I was finding myself like, you know, if I got sketchy, well, now I can't move anymore. And, uh, same thing. Like I would go to seat bounce, like a, a three in or something. And, um, I'd catch myself. Like if I got a little front end low, like there was no movement for me. Like I couldn't get far enough back. And, uh, I just didn't want to risk like, you know, having a, a big one because, you know, I was kind of stuck in one spot. So, um, yeah. And with outdoors, you know, I just, you don't really, I don't, at least me, I don't like sit down a whole lot when I turn or, um, anything like that. And on supercross, yeah, there's just really no benefit for them. Now we figured out how to get a cut of the sales, you know, talk about this branding, this marketing. I, I feel like you got to begin a cut of these from the U S because before that, I feel like it was only off-road guys. I've actually seen <laughs> pop up a little bit, out something. Here, yeah. So. Yeah, no, they're kind enough to, you know, they at least hook me up with them. And, um, so that's really all I ask. And, you know, it's been cool because, um, I think it's opened some eyes and I, th I really think people are trying it. They probably don't, a lot of them won't say that they're trying it, but, uh, you know, I think, I think there are, are people out there that have given them a shot and, um, there's even a couple guys on my team that, that run them now. So, uh, Hey Levi, did I saw one of the pictures that we have going of you on our YouTube live? Is you had your goggles off, and I was wondering at how how far into the race did you make it, and like did you try to hold on before ripping them off, and what was it like once you had to take them off? Yeah, I went um, till two laps to go, I think, but um, yeah, eventually, man, I just I could not see anything, and um, that was another good lesson for me. Though I think I should have just left them on because once I took them off it was it was even worse i didn't really realize the rain was like still coming down so it was a pain in the ass to see after <laughs> i after i threw them but yeah luckily it was pretty late into the race speaking of this weekend that delay you guys had before the main did that really throw you off your game did it allow you to refocus i mean obviously it's not something you'd want to do every week but was that a difficult thing to be on the line ready to go shut it down start all over again yeah, I mean, for me, it definitely, like, well, I'm not just saying it because I didn't do good. But, uh, no, for me, it was definitely, it, it threw me out of focus. And also, like, I don't know, you kind I kind of reached the point, like, I mean, we were under there so long, and I was hungry, for one. I mean, I was buying, there was luckily granola bars in the vending machine, so I had my phone down there because I listened to music. So I'm using Apple Pay, buying granola bars out of the vending machine. So um, that kind of 
I was able to tie myself over with that, but um, no, it was definitely kind of tough. And at some point, like I was saying, you almost are just like, man, can we just get this over with? And I feel like that attitude um, isn't good to go on a race because at the same time, like, you know, you're almost like, let me just get this over with. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was tough. And um, yeah, I wish they would have been able to run it, you know, in the drive, but uh, we got another shot at Salt Lake to, to race the other guys too. So, Absolutely. All right, I have one more question for you. I don't think you're going to be able to give us much of a straight answer, but it is a contract year. There are rumors out there. Do you have anything planned, set? Do you know what 2024 holds? Uh, no, no, not yet. I mean, they're obviously, yeah, contract year, and um, a lot of people talk, so, um, but no, no, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a tough tough place for me for sure. Um, but it's you know it's what we all really work so hard for. Is at least uh, at least there's people calling my phone. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, ML, you got anything else before we let him go? No, I'm good. Well, Levi, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you coming on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And yeah, I uh, I want to see you get some. Uh, so not revenge, but I, I want to see I want to see something better out of you at Salt Lake City, man. I want you up there on the podium. Show those boys what you got. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Levi. Hey, thanks for always coming on when we ask. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime. Y'all have man. a good night. You too. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. Same. Levi Kitchen tonight. Brought to you by WSA. Appreciate him coming on. Uh, ML. So I think you're about to wrap up and take off. Um, I do want to get your six D picks for. Nashville. Oh, uh, class. I haven't looked at the weather again. How how likely is this mutter situation? My understanding is it's a lot less likely than it was. I haven't looked percentage wise, but I've been told it might not even rain <clears throat> Saturday. Oh, do, 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 do. I'm trying to think of last Nashville condition. I'm going to go two in a row for uh, what I forget. Are we one through three or one through five? What am I? What am I throwing you? One through three. Uh, Barsha, um, Barsha, Sexton, Tomac. That's, that's my, uh, one through three for the, for Nashville. Okay. We got them in. We'll, uh, see if you're a winner or a loser. And if, uh, probably, days. probably. Hey, I, I got one for you. Right before we jumped to Levi, you, you, you spoiled it and said you had six winners, yeah. but I didn't have any reasoning why there were six winners. So come on, lay it on me. Where, how are we getting a six winner here? Because I want there to be, damn it. Uh, yeah. Well, that's not how life works, bud. And, you know, I, I guess you're going to will it into existence, yeah. but I still don't know who the rider is. Jason Anderson wins Salt Lake City. Wow. Yep. There you go. Wow. Stamp it. Okay. Okay. What uh, What are we losing on this bet? I'll cut the pony. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you already, oh, you, you already used that one. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that, that sorry. I'm burner. That's all I got, man. I don't know. I just I, th- I think Jason's going to get one. I want six winners, and I'm hoping for the best. So I'm willing it into existence. Well, this is a little bit of a, a jump ahead, but let me throw you one. Then. Okay. How many winners are we going to have outdoors in the 450 class, and who do you think oh. it would be? Motos or overalls? Overalls. Overalls. Yeah, motos. It, it could get a decent I'm saying overalls. Uh, let's see, I'm gonna say Sexton, Tomac. <sighs> Gotta give Webb at least one. Oh, oh, Jet, Jet's gonna win one. Come on. Yeah, an overall. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he kind of has. I think oh yeah, so. yeah. Won it overall. Yeah. I don't. Webb's Webb's never won an you overall outdoor. Yeah. I'm gonna. I don't think so. I'm gonna say five. All same as Supercross, but Barsha, Barsha Tomac, Sexton, Jet, Webb. I, yeah. I have an extension question for ML if we have time. Go ahead. Yeah, we yeah. got. Yeah. Um, how many overalls are won without a moto win? How many two twos, two threes do we mm-hmm. see in four fifties across eleven races? One. Just the one. How many do you think one. will be like a a win, a win and then this uh, the the first second moto is off the podium? Mm-hmm. One. One. All right. I like. It. How many do you think? I think. <laughs> I think. This is, this is, I think outdoors. Is, if anything, I think outdoors is worse. In my opinion, I feel like outdoors is worse than Supercross for once you have two or three ringers get their momentum going. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just such a long season grind, but I feel like dudes really give up in outdoors for the layer part of the season if they're not part of the conversation. If yeah. you know what I mean. We definitely I feel like, saw you know, that last year. I feel like settles, and I feel like that's a lot more common. Like, like guys, when they click out there, like how Osborne is here, there's just something about outdoors when everything clicks. Like, you know, it's super cross. Like, a guy being at 95% of the dude running 100%, like, the, the pace difference is pretty minor still, but super outdoors, it can be a couple seconds a lap. Uh, these guys can drop each other. And, yeah, I think once we get past the first couple rounds, as much as we hope and wish – It'll be five or six dudes battling for this. I think it settles in like usual. And, uh, yeah, we end up just having a couple dudes to talk about now who that's going to be. We'll see. Um, but it would it would not shock me one bit. How many winners, Steve? Outdoors? I'd say four. Four. <laughs> it's probably more accurate. But All right, ML. Appreciate you jumping on and helping us out with Levi and uh, those topics at the beginning of the show because, yeah, I didn't have answers for those. So thank you. Oh, you got no more fun topics for me? No, no, we got a we got a couple small topics, and we're going to get into Max Bolin here in a minute, and yeah, then Mark Phineas. <laughs> just, oh, God, my brain! You said you wanted to get into Max Bolin in a minute. Oof. Dude, he always right. says something like that. It's like I want to touch I'm on. Sorry, I didn't guys realize you guys are such perverts. Yeah, I want to touch on Barsha a little bit. <laughs> Man, yeah, you need to sound gay. Drop so badly. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you guys are awful, awful human beings. Terrible. All right, all right ML. I'll, uh, I'll holler at you after the show. Appreciate you. No problem. Later. Right. See ya. Thanks to Michael Lindsay for jumping on. I don't know why you guys have to be buttholes. Uh, we've got a few <laughs> minutes before we get to Maximus Volan. I want to talk about Luxon. When it comes to triple clamp, suspension, and chassis parts, there's no comparison. Luxon MX makes the best parts you can buy. Luxon's advanced engineering background and techniques allow them to develop products that are unlike the rest, lighter and stronger with optimized stiffness to enhance your riding comfort and precision. Luxon products are designed, engineered, and made in the USA. So check them out online at luxonmx.com. Don't forget, all orders of $100 or more ship free within the continental U.S., and you can save 10% on all the products with promo code MOTOXPOD. Not bad. You can get you some Luxons for your uh, for your Honda there, Steve. Yeah. Be be riding a little faster, a little smoother. Are you, you keep pointing at them. You want, yeah, they look good. They look good, don't they? Yeah, yeah they, they work really good. Um, let's talk about East Rutherford lightning delay. First time we've seen anything like that in our history that anybody can remember. Yeah. Kind of wild, a mutter, but honestly not 
certainly not like a Daytona mudder, Steve. Like no, it wasn't no, like it bikes were getting like buried, right? They the track condition was very wet. I'm sure it was very slick, but it wasn't as bad as it looked like it was going to be. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like really deep, but like said uh, Levi said, it was you know had a hard base, so it didn't really go anywhere. Right. You know, not that bad. Like at the end of the 450, yeah, it was. Pretty gnarly. That's what I was gonna say. The, at the very end, it was pretty gnarly. But the I was surprised when the two fifties went off that they were they were tripling and doing a lot of the yeah. rhythms, but it didn't last very long. No. Were you surprised at the? Just did it throw you off with, with though with the lightning delay? Like they cleared the whole stadium. I guess everybody was just in the corridors. I don't. Can you imagine the whole stadium Not at shows. one time? Yeah. So yeah, the line for for beer was probably insane. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. That's that's one of the things I was wondering is how many did they even let them do? Because usually after a certain point in time, they don't let them drink anymore. God, I would say they better have. Did they open back up? Because <laughs> but you know it's always a it's always a different experience for me because I. I watch them replays because I yeah. work on Saturday nights. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So, but from my, I got on there and I started watching and I was like, I cut to like a gap and I saw the LCQs and then I was like, why is there all these huge, why is it so long? Why is there so, oh, why is the, the broadcast five hours? Yeah. Like, why is yeah. it so long? And then I finally realized that. Oh, the, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Cause it said five hours. I was like, <laughs> five hours, what happened? And yeah. then, and then realized that it was a rain delay and all that stuff. Yeah. But, I, my question was: Is how far away were were they from calling it till Sunday? And also, why didn't they just like they knew it was the rain was coming all day? Uh-huh. Why didn't we just bump up bump it up an hour? If we had bumped the, the time to start an hour hour and a half, they would never even have, TV TV. Yeah. I mean, if TV, it, I don't know if it was right. on NBC for sure, but I know I mean, obviously. But I think it was a replay on NBC. Or was I, it live? I, I don't know. I'm saying I don't know if it was on NBC. That could be a reason. But then also. How many times in the past did we say, "Oh, it's probably going to rain," and and it doesn't, and you just don't really know. So, but then you know, the, but really the issue wasn't the rain; it's the lightning. On the broadcast, the though, rain. they're like, "Oh, we're 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 racing another thing tonight. We're racing the rain," and so it's like, yeah, but, if, but it was the lightning that was actually the issue. I know, but if we were racing that storm all day, then why didn't we just you know let's all right let's let's cut off the little rest area an hour and let's just start it. I just don't think it works like that. You, well, I mean, it you, should. You, like, what about the, all the fans that are getting there at six forty-five or seven o'clock? You race can't mass test text all the people that are on Ticketmaster. <laughs> I don't even give my no. It's e- it just or doesn't email? work. Like some people get their tickets from friends and or one tickets or you, you haven't realized that I live in a perfect world where I, everything I is possible. You, I realize somewhere. Yeah. Stop acting like an idiot. <laughs> You're the idiot. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. It's usually reserved okay, for TJ. But. Anyways, how okay? Well, then my first question was, how far away were we from postponing it to Sunday? I don't think we were even close. I don't think I. I mean, I didn't think we were even close to a lightning delay because we've never seen it. So I would say zero percent chance right now that they would have delayed. So they it. would have raced it like two o'clock in the morning. Yes, I think so. And that'd have been cool. <laughs> Not for the riders. No, the riders or, even the press gone. conference. I was like, I was texting Sean. I was like, uh, are we still doing a press conference because like the link for Zoom was no good anymore. I thought. And he was like, well, yeah. Okay, I figure these guys are just ready to go. So now. what time did it finish there? I don't even know. Well, I think, so it should have been over at 9 o'clock here, but it was like an over an hour extra, so that would be 10 o'clock here, 10.30, so 11, probably 11.30 there. Wow. around 11.30. Yeah, that's a late so night. Midnight, yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, Max Ansey with his first win. Yes, it was a mutter win, but he got a win. Does that mean they come easier now? Do we start? Do we see any more wins out of Max uh, for the rest of the year? I we, well, how many more does he have? I think he was kind of putting himself in the mix to have a possible 
win all year, you know, pull the start like he did mm-hmm. and check out. I think that could have happened without the weather. So yeah, yeah. the fact that I he got too, one honestly. in the weather makes sense, but also at the same time, I think that he was just as likely to win one either way. I'd picked RJ to win the showdown. And I still think RJ could have, because he was really oh, fast in the heat. I, f- I felt so bad for him. <laughs> for for his slide, his slip and slide? Yeah, dude. Yeah. He, well, he, he was he was trying to get back. You could tell he was just like, at one point, he was like, dude, just come get me. I'm done. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He was like, I'm yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah, just yeah. just come get me. I'm a, I'm, I'm not yeah. finishing this race. It's He had like 40 pounds of mud just packed on yeah. everywhere. He was done. Steven, how about, like, Kenny looked good. Yeah, I mean, yes, did. he got passed by Eli at the end, but just throughout the day, he looked more aggressive than I feel like I've seen him in a while. Like he was moving the bike in the air and just yeah, kind of, I was really impressed. Set up. I think, you know, they're, they're getting that thing pretty dialed. Yeah. Really are. So could Kenny get another win? At, well, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't change. Your, I know, but I'm just asking. Like, I mean, I, I said Jason Anderson at uh, Salt Lake City, but why not Kenny? I think any of the guys that are on the list of who have one mm-hmm. can get a start, and you know anything can happen after that. I, I th- thought that really it's going to be one of the guys, and I don't even, I really don't see Cooper getting a win. Okay, yeah, I kind of don't either. Yeah, being honest, I, I think the only way he gets back into the championship is like a second, and Tomac has a weirdo eighth Sexton, or ninth. I think Sexton wins out. I mean, I think had I, we not had the the weather, the, I, th- I still think he won out. I uh, I, I want him to. I, I just, again, I'm race. willing things into existence <laughs> because I want it to tighten the championship. I, I honestly yeah. don't see somebody besides Tomac or Sexton, maybe Barsha. I think those yeah, are really well, the only... Barsha's th- going to be on fire now. Yeah, I really think that's the only three guys that I realistically can see winning a race the last three. All right. X-Brand wow. has quietly grown into one of the premier goggle choices available. Using some of the most grueling conditions by 2022 GNCC <clears throat> XE2 champion Lyndon Snodgrass... The 2022 GNCC ATV Pro Champion Bryson Neal, Factory Huskies Craig DeLong, who recently won a GNCC in the mud. I feel like everybody should have been running GNCCs at uh, East Rutherford. But visit xbrand.com, check out the new Lucids, go to your local dealership, ask for xbrand, distributed through WPS. Tonight, xbrand goggles brings us from Red Bull Factory KTM, my buddy Maximus Volan. What's up, Max? Oh, what's up, guys? Good. Not much, man. Good to hear from you. We tried to get uh, Doc Smith in studio tonight, uh, but he's, I guess he's just too good for us now. <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah he's probably, yeah, he's probably playing video games or something or not working on his bike. Yeah, what a loser. Well, Max, yeah. listen, man, uh, East Rutherford, I thought you looked really good. I thought you showed a lot of aggression. I thought you showed a lot of aggression at multiple rounds this year. Um, I still, again, we just had Levi Kitchen on, and I think people forget you really don't have that many supercross finishes under your belt. You're still young. You're still learning this thing. You're still training. Um, but I feel like you've improved quite a bit in the aggression um, category, especially this season. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this weekend for sure was kind of like, uh, you know, we're getting towards the end of the season and, um, you know, contract year for me. I'm out there fighting for a ride. So, uh, you know, a little bit of like, man, I need to show people really what I'm capable of. And, uh, yeah, I liked the track when I got there and, and the way the dirt was, it was, it was techy and ruddy, which kind of fits my style. And then, um, yeah, also the mud I was kind of stoked on. I mean, I would have rather race it dry than muddy, but, uh, I had no problem racing the mud out there. Hey, Max, 
you, we talked about your speed getting better and stuff. When you were in that heat following RJ, you, you followed him pretty close and good point. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were on him for a while. And, and I, my question for you is when you get into the lead and you're following a guy like RJ and you're running that pace, how comfortable do we feel running that pace? And then kind of where do you think maybe he's kind of getting away from you or where, where do you think that you kind of could work on to ma- maintain that for a whole main? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, in the, in the heat, um, I, I was behind him and I, I was pulling off of him and I had a few spots actually where I was closing. And I actually got really close at one point and then, uh, a, a lapper kind of got in my way. And, and with me, I feel like when I get broken off the toe, I just don't have, you know, when you're right behind someone, you can see mistakes that they make and you can, you can close up really tight and, uh, you know, really get onto the toe. But, uh, yeah, I just had a lapper get in my way. He hopped in right in front of me and, I lost the toe and then that that's it. It's like when I, when I get, when I break off the toe, I've just, I don't have that, uh, you know, or the, the experience or, or whatever to really go that same speed that he's going unless I'm right there seeing him do it. Um, that was really the only thing that, that, that I'm missing, I think is really be able to do that speed on my own. But I feel like that, that really comes with, uh, racing experience and being out front more and, uh, you know, also racing more supercross. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, what is your biggest strength? This is um. Yeah, my big. I mean, biggest strength right now is, I think, being technically pretty like good on the bike. Um, when the tracks get ruddy and tech, that's when I feel like I shine my 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 most. Um, when you know guys kind of struggle to jump stuff because it's ruddy or uh, you know there's holes on the faces of jumps and they got to move. I feel like I have the ability to search left and right and and uh, you know figure the track out quite fast and and uh just really having that technical ability i feel like that's my big advantage i have over a lot of the guys out there cool yeah i think your your bmx background i see that when you ride you're you're very smooth and technical like you just said i feel like much like levi who we just had on starts start consistency is is a struggle and i think whoops are still a little bit of a struggle and i wonder if you feel if you agree first of all and if you do if you feel that's technique or maybe strength or what, what that is. And you may not even agree with what I said. Um, well, yeah, on starts, I feel like the beginning, the beginning of the year was kind of off and on, but recently my starts at the races have been, have been really solid. Um, Glendale, all my starts were good. Uh, and St. Uh, Seattle, my start was good, both starts and, and the, the races, uh, this weekend, this past weekend, were also very good, especially, you know, for a mud race, the starts are pretty crucial. So sure. the last three races have been good. The ones before that have been kind of off and on. So I feel like I've got my starts pretty solid right now. And, uh, when it comes to the whoops, uh, I mean, I, I think that's a common, uh, thing people say about me is I'm not very good in the whoops, but for me, I'm tall, lengthy. I mean, yes, I jump the whoops a lot here and there. One, that's kind of a technical thing to do. And that's kind of what, um, I had to resort to as a rookie because when I was a rookie, of course, you're not good at skimming whoops. So um, that's one thing I feel like I have an advantage is I can definitely jump whoops better than a lot of the guys out there. Um, but when it comes to skimming, uh, I, I Glendale, I was, I believe, like third or fourth fastest in the whoops. And those whoops were tough, gnarly, chunked. And yeah, I mean, I, when it comes to whoops, I'm not scared of them. I only had one crash in whoops this year compared to the last few years where I've crashed <laughs> multiple times in whoops. So, right. Um, the whoops, uh, yeah, 
I feel like I have the speed and I have the ability to do them. I don't feel like they're really a problem for me now. Okay. Yeah, Max, we've talked about a lot of the things that you're that you're working on. You know, you're you're at the end of the day, you're still a kid that's growing up and you're becoming an adult. And that's, you know, that's a process for anybody. You're also doing that while competing in one of the toughest sports that I think is out there. And I I personally feel that your story, you know, obviously your story is not over yet. We've got a long ways to go. And I'm on the bandwagon that you're going to you're going to figure this whole thing out. But up to this point, you know, your story that you've had from when you started pro, what if what have you kind of developed the most out of your personality or mindset? What has kind of developed the most through this process so far? <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing I can say that develops the most so far has been, you know, physical strength, really, um, and endurance. Uh, third year at Alden's, those years kind of start stacking up. And, uh, yeah, I feel like this year my base has been pretty good on my endurance stuff. And, um, yeah, I'm never worried about, you know, the length of a moto or, uh, you know, if I'm going to get tired or not. So, that's one thing that kind of just comes with just growing up a little bit too. You know, every year I'm getting bigger, I'm getting stronger. So um, I'm getting right into those, those peak years now where, you know, I'm, I'm young and, but still like starting to grow into that kind of man strength phase. So um, I, I feel like uh, as a rookie and as, as coming out of the amateur, especially coming off 125s, I was definitely a bit small on the bike and I felt like the bike was riding me a little bit. Um, but now I feel like I can pretty much, uh, do what I want on the bike and I can pretty much just hammer the thing and uh, manhandle it if I need to. So um, yeah, that, that, that's really the main thing. I feel like it's grown a lot better over the years, but also racecraft's gotten a lot better too with these pros. You mentioned being at Alden's. If I'm not mistaken, you've been on the East coast more this year than the past two years. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, you're right about that. Okay. So your dad has been your coach as well as your uncle, but your dad's been by your side almost your entire amateur career and most of your pro career so far. So being away from your dad, having some separation, has that helped you a little bit with uh, just becoming, you know, becoming who you're going to be an adult like Scotty touched on, but also your riding, just maybe having some different influence. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, I've been around my dad my whole life. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, being away from me ain't a bad thing, I feel like. Um, you know, it gives me some alone time, gives me some time to really do stuff on my own and, and grow up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it also nice, it is also nice to have him around um, because he's been there for so long. And also with, with the racing standpoint and training and all that stuff, he has a lot of experience in that. And uh, you know, he has a lot of knowledge when it comes to racing in this sport. So, um, yeah, I rely, I rely on him a lot for some of that stuff. And. Um, yeah, it's, it's about 50, 50 right now, I'd say. Okay. And also being there different dirt than what you're used to a lot different, com- uh, multiple tracks, but you're used to the West coast, hard pack stuff in NorCal, SoCal. Um, I would assume that also helps you probably getting a little more comfortable on ruts and just kind of broadening your, um, skills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back here, you know, or well, uh, say first on the West coast, it's, you know, concrete. We don't get much lines. Tracks don't get much, get too rough. Uh, out here at Alden's, we got, you know, a good group of guys on the supercross tracks. We get some roughness, uh, whoops get cupped. Um, but I would say the dirt back here, that was a struggle for me when I first got here was the sand. Like we pretty much riding almost sand supercross to an extent. It's got a hard base to it, but it gets pretty like powder burmy and, and just sand burns with uh, a little bit of slickness. But 
that stuff too is uh, one thing I've had to learn and uh, just another tool that I've put into my uh, toolbox, you could say, that, that could uh, help me for the future. Perfect. Yeah, Max, it's it's kind of one of those things, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, your 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 transition to becoming a pro has kind of been a topic that people have talked about a lot. And like the Supercross Futures thing didn't even exist really, like what it is now when you started up. So uh, hindsight being 2020, if you could go back to Houston in 21, would we still line up or would we kind of take a different path? Um, You know, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, the, the, the going in early kind of wasn't our original plan to begin with. Um, but with the circumstances that we were kind of handed, like that was our option mm-hmm. and it was either have a ride or not have a ride. Mm-hmm. So um when you come down to that it was like yeah i'm gonna take the ride and go race so <laughs> yeah. uh yeah i mean it's, it's a hard question to really pinpoint but um you know yeah i'm i'm happy with where i'm at right now and maybe if i didn't do those races i wouldn't be here so yeah um I, i'm i'm happy where i'm at I, I, I don't regret anything about you know going in earlier or how it started and, or how it's going really um you know everyone's got to learn their own ways and I feel like I'm I'm really starting to figure it out and getting close to uh you know being up up to those top guys and being in that position to start uh you know fighting for podiums and uh you know winning races. Yeah, I kind of like that. Like the what doesn't kill you makes you stronger kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh Max, so I want to ask you this is probably well <laughs> I actually want to say this question. Let's let's change questions. Uh at out there at Alden's, how much testing are you doing? And do you feel like you are becoming a tester where you feel the things that need to change and you can relay those things to whether it be Austin or whoever your practice mechanic is? Um, <laughs> that's a funny question, but to be <laughs> honest, I haven't tested anything. Oh, okay. Um, we did a big test in the off season, uh, found some stuff out with the bike and, and got a setting pretty happy. But when it comes down to suspension, um, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm running pretty close to what I ran uh, last year. So um, we did some some chassis stuff at the beginning of the off season, but since then uh, I found a setting that I felt comfortable with. And uh, yeah, we we tried something uh, for Oakland, and the result wasn't as good. And I was like, I just need to go back to what I have because uh, I've had so many laps on the stuff I've got right now that I basically know everything the bike's going to do. So that brings that extra little bit of confidence and. Yeah, it seems like when I've tried to test or change something, it, it hasn't gone as good. So I've kind of just stuck to what I know and All right. and just trying to progress that way. You kind of answered my follow-up question, which was why not test more and see if you can be more comfortable, but you're comfortable. Yeah. And yeah, so that makes that makes right. tons of sense. Yeah. Well, are you ready for outdoors? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> outdoors is kind of my, uh, my sweet spot right now. Um, you know, I, I've had two whole solid seasons of outdoors so far under my belt and uh yeah coming into this year i feel like um i have a really good shot to uh you know be a contender um hard to say for a guy that hasn't been on podium yet but right uh i think if you were to ask rj how me and him rode yesterday uh we would both be up front uh by a long shot uh we were <laughs> it was uh the the riding that we're doing outdoors right now i, I feel comfortable um couple things with the bikes we need to we need to with the bike we need to work on but uh besides that my my conditioning my speed um 
and my ability on outdoors right now, I feel like is pretty, pretty strong to, you know, be a, be a fighter up front and, and, uh, go for podiums and wins. Since we're talking about outdoors, I want to ask you, I may have asked you this before. There's certain riders that we, it was media fans hype up, right? This guy's, this guy's the favorite. So-and-so, right? And, you know, Hunter's the favorite, et cetera, et cetera. Are you a kid that you kind of get a chip on your shoulder and that motivates you? Uh, like Justin Cooper, man, he just thrives off that. And I wonder if that even bothers you when you're not necessarily in that discussion and somebody else is. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like that's been almost, you know, after my rookie year, it's been kind of my, my, my whole thing. I've, I've kind of, you know, been so undercover and so low key and no one seems to, you know, from my side seems to talk about me a lot. And, you know, I feel like I got a, a pretty big chip on my shoulder and, um, I'm just waiting, waiting for the times that, uh, you know, I'm out front to really show the kind of person that I am. Cause you know, right now to really show a lot of, uh, your character and who you are when you're not, you know, up front doesn't really, you know, it doesn't do a lot mm-hmm. for me right now. I just feel like, you know, when the time's right, I'm going to show people really, um, you know, what kind of person I am and, and what kind of, uh, you know, the ability that I have. And I feel like the, the, the time is close, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm right there and outdoors. I'm, I'm confident and I know I can do good. And yeah, I just, you know, I'm just waiting for that breakthrough. Yeah. And I, I will tell you, you're, you're, your agent, Lucas Myrtle, he called me a few months ago and kind of basically said the same thing. Like the breakout's coming. It's just wait, you know, he sees it. And, you know, again, he, he kind of said the same thing we're talking about. You're still young. You're still in that learning stage, but when it comes, it's going to click. And he definitely has very high opinions of how you're going to be next year. So yeah, I just want to tell you that he's, he's definitely praising you. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, um. Oh, Mertz. Yeah, I feel like that too. I feel like uh, the breakthrough is close, and uh, yeah. you know, I got I've got I've been holding a lot of things for a lot of years, so I got a lot of stuff to say. And uh, <laughs> yeah, when I'm up there on the podium, I'm sure I'm gonna let that all out. All right, so. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been thinking you were that guy since watching a 125. Oh, did you? Yeah, no, <laughs> dude, I have. Teasing. Like, Just I, I've always like ever since I saw you, and I I grew up watching your dad too. So I was like, yeah. ah, this is this is time. It's coming. Yeah. Um, one kind of random thing I had about uh, this past weekend, you know, obviously on the media side of things, we are hi- we're hyping up the showdown a lot, and it was obviously a, a big focal point for the broadcast and everything. On the team level, do you guys feel any extra? Is there any extra added pressure? Is there different talks in the meetings? Do they kind of, is it business as usual, or do they kind of hype up the showdown thing as well inside the teams? Um, for me, I'm on, uh, uh, really nothing actually. It's just the same, same old as, as it is every weekend, just, you know, going there to do my job and race. And, um, I had a little bit of added pressure just on myself to do good. And, um, had, had some people talking to my corner that, uh, you know, really trying to get me to believe in myself. Not that I haven't been able to do that. Um, just uh, you know, kind of a reminder. I just got reminded that you know, I I have the ability and I can do it. So uh, I just kept telling myself that and and uh, just set my mind set right for for uh, this past weekend. And yeah, it came out and executed pretty good. I qualified my best qualifying I've ever had uh, at third in the second qualifying, um, third in the heat race, which was a mini main, and then also to get fourth in uh east-west showdown even if it was a mutter you know oh it's a mutter uh 
it was good. That was career best for me. And, uh, you know, I was super close to the podium, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, so much stuff happens in mud race. You don't really know what's going on. You're just trying to stay on the bike. So, um, yeah, two career best for me on, on one weekend. And, uh, yeah, it just, yeah, that was, that was basically it, you know, got a couple more for you. I want to go back to Baker's factory for just a minute with all the different riders out there and the levels of talent. There's a ton of fantastic riders there, obviously, who do you who who have you learned the most from? I don't know how much time you get to spend on the track with say Malcolm when he was healthy or Cooper or whatever, but yeah, who are you taking the most away from? Um Yeah, it's it's hard to say, you know. Every day someone you know, when we're training in the off season, it, everyone's so close on those tracks we do so many laps that, you know, every day someone's on a good day mm-hmm. and that's when you're really watching that person. Um, I've seen Coop have some amazing days. I've ha- I've seen Mookie have some amazing days where he's the fastest guy. I've seen Christian, I've seen Aaron, uh, you know, where they're, they're all on a good day. When you see someone on a good day, that's the kind of guy you're kind of picking stuff from. So it's kind of a little bit of everyone. There's not really someone where I feel like I'm just like, I'm always watching that guy and what he's doing. But, um, of course, if there were to be one, it'd probably be Coop, considering uh, the position that he's in in the championship and just kind of like how he, uh, you know, takes takes on the the days and and how he's training and and just kind of his demeanor and and you know right here at the end and kind of when he's peaking is also part of his strategy and it's like that's kind of the stuff that you kind of pick part not hmm. so much riding but kind of more. Um, program and, and structure that they're they're doing to be the where they're at yeah very interesting all right uh, i'm going to shift gears a little bit i asked levi this question with the lightning delay you're on the line and something happens that really has never happened in the history of sport they shuffle you guys off the track for an hour and a half or whatever it is uh how was that break how did that affect you did it bother you at all was it you know a reset was it negative um yeah, at first, I mean, I was like, I was like, man, we could have just, we could have just got this thing out there and could have had a, a dry race, but um, yeah, with with the lightning or whatever, we had to go back in. And um, honestly, I just found my found myself a seat in the Dirtworks uh, Mule. Uh, <laughs> Levi actually came in and sat in there with me for a little bit, and we're, you know, you're just kind of bullshitting and waiting for what's going to happen next. You're listening to you know, the Dirtworks guys trying to be like, uh, you know, uh, we're riding at 10 and then another lightning strike. It's okay. 10 30 for sure. And then, um, yeah, it was kind of weird. It was a lot of break. I was, uh, definitely hungry. I was starving. So a lot of this is just like, man, I just want to eat some food, but, um, yeah. mentally I, I stayed ready the whole time. So, uh, whenever they said, uh, we were going down to the gate, I was going to be ready. So, um, I just kind of stayed focused and just, you know, just kept quiet and just sat there waiting. And, um, yeah, when it was time to go, I was, I was stoked. I was ready to get out there and, and race in the mud and in the position that I'm kind of in, it's, uh, you know, I'm not fighting for a title or anything. So I'm just going out there to have fun in the mud. And, uh, you know, back to my amateur days, we used to go out and ride mud a lot and just, just for fun, just to, you know, get better at riding mud. So I kind of just took it as that. I was like, hey, I'm going out here. I'm just going to try and get a, good start, maybe a whole shot and just go have fun splashing mud. <laughs> good mindset. Yeah. Max, uh, Levi mentioned the same thing about uh, having to eat. Like I would have had to leave. You know me. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. I gotta well, go. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm headed. Yeah. To, I'm headed to freaking You've been crying and yeah, all kinds of things. Can't he, perform without food. Bro. Yeah, yeah. He said uh, Levi said he found a Nutrigram bar at a vending machine <laughs> yeah. or something like that. <laughs> but uh, so my question is though is. How much does something like that, like is y'all's, you know, your routine for the weekend is so regimented with when you eat, when you take rest and stuff like that. Does, does a gap like that really just kind of throw off the whole, you know, protein plan for the day? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're trying to get as much food in our bodies, or at least me, especially with uh, my body type. I, I tend to burn through a lot of calories quite fast. I don't really store a lot of uh, fat on me, so um yeah for me i'm just trying to store as much food and uh in mean in between breaks it's hard to eat food after a heat race you should say or or uh, just right after riding you're just kind of you know trying to relax so um with that break it was it was tough because you, you really ha- just took enough food for the next 30 to 45 minutes to get through the moto and a little bit after and then you start you know putting more fuel into your body right after the race and yeah, I was sitting down there starving, but um, I knew if I was hungry, I'm sure a lot of the other guys were too. So we were kind of all in the same boat. All right, Maximus, last question. I know I'm not going to get a straight answer, but it's okay. Contract year, uh, there's rumors all over the place, but what what can you tell us about 24? Are there are you talking to anybody? Is anything, you know, what can you tell us? Um, yeah, I'm talking to, you know, a couple people. We've got a couple things in the works right now. Um, uh, I can't say who and mm-hmm. where, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that, you know, with my, with my results and consistency and, uh, you know, what I have to offer, I'm not really worried about, uh, being out of a job. Yeah. Marta gets you taken care of. And sometimes, you know, it, if there's going to be a change, we see those changes can be good. Sometimes it's just a, a, a new what you got, Scotty? Sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say, it made me think of, you know, do you kind of hold back from maybe finalizing those decisions? You know, let's say you go have a kind of a, a breakout ride outdoors, outdoors this season, yeah. and then, you know, you do kind of better, maybe than what the people were negotiating would say. Do you, do you kind of hold that in your back pocket to say, hey, you know, I kind of, I did improve. I got, I'm, maybe got second in points. Does that kind of affect your negotiation power? I can't wait that long. Is this um, not how it works? I guess, yeah. Yeah, of course. If- of course, if you do get, you're going to get um, you know, bigger offers. But uh, say so in the position I'm in right now, I'm not really worried about the money. I I just need to be in a spot to where um, I can get the results. Because like you guys were talking earlier, is when you win, the money comes fast. So that's kind of my goal. You know, I'll I'll, I'll uh, I'm just looking for a position where I can you know win a lot of races and, and make money that way. So that's where I'm kind of focusing on. Awesome. Tonight, Maximus Bowen brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Max, we're going to let you go. You can go go online and chat it up, play some video games with Doc. Do some, call, <laughs> I don't know, Call of Duty or whatever it is you guys play these days. But uh, thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. We'll see. I'll see you this week. No, no I won't. I won't see you this weekend. So. But, uh, Two yeah, weeks. Yep, yep. Good, see, good talking to you, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, good talking. Right. Thank you, guys. See you, bud. Maximus Bowen. Yeah, um... Yeah, if if uh, well, he'll be riding somewhere I, next year. Yeah, I I, I live in my little bubble yeah. over yeah, here. Yeah, you can't really wait till outdoors because all the deals are going to be done by then. You know, their yeah. deals are getting yeah, done. I get, yeah, so, like I said, you know, yeah. you know, you know. Uh, we do have Mark <laughs> Phineas coming up in just a few minutes. Let's talk about qualifying. Eli Tomac, that crash, 
That's wild. Like, just, I heard yeah. about it. I was at Johnsonville, and I had a text, and I had some Twitter mentions, and like, oh, I think his knee's bad. You know, he might be out for tonight. And I was like, oh, boy, this is going to shake things up. But I had zero, I couldn't really check anything. Like, I had texts mm-hmm. coming in, but I couldn't check social media to see what really happened because there was no signal at the track. So, yeah, it was, I didn't know until I got home five minutes before the race if he was even okay. Yeah, if I feel like if you didn't watch the race and you just had followed, like, whatever, your Twitter, Instagram, the, just the news highlights from the day, you'd have been like, oh, uh, Eli's down, Cooper Webb's going to make a jump on this, and, you know, all this is going to happen. And then you see the results later, and you're like, Cooper Webb got, <laughs> oh, yeah, Eli got you, second? You'd yeah, be like, yeah, what? Missed, I, I, yeah. thought he, I thought he got hurt. Like, what happened? Right. Yeah. Right, and then also, like, AP got, you know, had to sit out, and Adam C. and Cirillo mm-hmm. had to crash. Uh, which I see, man. Well, Dude, I mean, we just, had nowhere to go. I know. Oh just, yeah, he, yeah. He hit another. But, guy. And that sucks. So man, what a yeah, what a crazy, so crazy evening. But the Eli one was just wild. And I, the text I got was one of the texts I got was, "Is it true that his grip came off?" And I, my instant thought was, "Oh God, I hope Jelly didn't forget like the t- tighten the throttle or something." Because <laughs> yeah. you know, Jelly's one of our buddies, and I don't want something. You know, Eli's not very forgiving, so I was super worried that there was a mechanical mistake based off that comment that I got in a text. Yeah. And thankfully it wasn't obviously the throttle did not come off. The grip didn't come off. Yeah. But, it was just kind of a freak deal. Yeah. Very, yeah. very weird. Um, yeah. Glad. He, I mean, I'm glad he's okay, but again, I want the championship. Like I want what Weege wants or, or, or Lewis Phillips wants. I want this final to be two or three points between everybody. Yeah. So if Eli has to sit out a race to make that happen, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that would have got a really that would yeah. really change well, it. But yeah. he would be in third. Right? Yeah, yeah. Lose twenty five, twenty six points or whatever it is. But it's an interesting point though, because if you think about, I mean, it wasn't very long where ago where we were, you know, it was like this is going to come down to three or four points at the end of the ring between three guys, you know. Yeah. And then it's 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 crazy how it's just kind of changed in the last couple of weeks to where it's almost you know if you look back on. Um, other seasons, it's kind of, you know, that's 11 points is pretty, I mean, it's still closer than a lot of the seasons we've had, but it's still 11 points is not where you would have maybe said this was going to be three or four rounds ago. No, no, no. for sure. I kind of feel, do you two feel like it's pretty much over for the, unless something really weird happens, you feel like what, what are the, what's the percent pie? We'll steal the pulp thing that Eli wins the championship. I would say it's like, like a, it's got to be at like an 86. So high 80s. 80s. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll say the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. No, yeah, I'd say definitely in the 80s. Yeah. Sure. That's I disappointing. Would, yeah, I know. I, I would say this, this is just a, a random hypothetical. You know, I've been living in a utopia tonight. Yes, you have. Yeah. So I think that if Sexton was the 11 points behind, uh huh. I would maybe lower that percentage because I think he's capable of winning. Oh, yeah. More than more. Cooper is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think that I would might change it a little bit, but I would say right now it's and but Eli's shown that he can have a a rando ride. I mean, it can happen. So I think at this point in the season he's pretty locked and loaded, and, and I think that he's maybe sacrificed a couple of those other rides to make sure that at this point in time that he's not going to have a ride like that. Yeah, he's obviously matured and been in championship battles. I don't see him making a mistake or having that freak ride, but it it can happen. So two things based off what you just said. One, I did say to 
Eli, that was my, my one of my main questions to him in the press conference was like that Saturday could have went really bad for him between the crash mm-hmm. and qualifying where he almost got hurt or I thought he, I had heard he was hurt. And then the weather comes in and who knows what's going to happen, especially mm-hmm. if his knee was messed up. It could have just been a terrible night. So I did ask him, like, is that make, does that make this finish even more uh, special because of how bad it kind of yeah. should have went? And he said, yeah, it was, it did play a little bit in, into his uh, thought process of that. But um, we're all, see, we're all kind of counting Cooper Webb out here. I'm but not, next, but well, it's we're just. We're not, but we are in a way. We're saying, oh, yeah, the likelihood of him winning any of the next three is kind of low. But he's the mentally, mentally, he's probably the he likes pretty strong, but mentally we consider Cooper one of the strongest guys out there. He could come out and, and win two or three races, like easily. He's yeah. capable. But we really aren't, none of us are really giving Cooper much of a chance of that, and I don't know why. He has been training in altitude the last two weeks. Cooper? I heard he's Cooper's mountain, bike, a, mountain bike riding. Oh, Cooper's at Baker's. No, that's not Cooper. Cooper's at Baker's factory last week. Well, he might have been some, but he's been at Baker's. Yeah, I know he trains at Baker's, but it's I was say because Jason been, Anderson's been at altitude he's all year, been flying out. To, he's not saying uh, all year. Altitude. He's just saying like the last week or so. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh okay, yeah. I did altitude. see that he was this week that he was out there. Okay, I thought you meant. Oh, I thought you were saying all year. Sorry, no, I misunderstood. No, um, yeah, I, I just know, think I'm I, gonna go. Not that it matters. I'm gonna go seventy percent, seventy percent Eli. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna give. I'm not giving any of it to Chase right now. I got to go zero for Chase, even if he wins out. It's just, yeah, I, I, I think don't this see, weekend. I don't see kind of took care of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't see Cooper and Eli having just terrible nights. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go seventy thirty. Okay. I I just I just think Eli is just too strong with an eleven point lead like that. I just think that that's the as far as the way Coop. I think Cooper's played this season. Very well. Mm-hmm. He's been. He's had a couple moments. He's had a, he's a couple that, things, like but I I so think that I think that at this point, that's the one thing that he couldn't do with three rounds to go is give him more than yeah. ten points. I guess if I you look at, yeah, all of them have had multiple races. Like I mean, Chase oh, Sexton yeah. should be 30. the champion. Yeah, like, he should on be. paper. Yeah, yeah. I mean. How many? I don't remember the number of points he's given away by crashing while leading. It was very high. Something? Huh? It was thirty something. I think it was thirty five. Yeah, he would be he would be running away with yeah. it. You know. Yeah. So I, I bet mean, you wishes he had those points back. Yeah. From, think, uh, oh, the, the seven, penalty. the seven for jumping on the, on the Red Cross. Yeah. And yeah. Just I mean, Tony Romo should have on paper won six Super Bowls, but that <laughs> obviously did not happen at all. So Tony, who? Yeah. Okay. Who? Yeah. What? Okay. Forty forty nine or before here. we yeah. get Mark Phineas on Supercross forty nine dudes in his Supercross <laughs> futures wrapped up. Uh, yeah, Juju won again. Uh, but, yeah, we were a little surprised at, or I was a little surprised at my little homie, Ryder D, not being as, uh, he didn't show what I thought he would show. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I haven't reached out. I did talk to him, I think, at Glendale. You know, I think he's coming off an injury. He's on the full race bike. He's still trying to, you know, it's, it's a little different than when he's been riding. So there are some reasons there, but I expected Ryder D to be better. Yeah, see, I, you mentioned like you know, the coming off an injury and stuff like that. That's expected when you know it's expected to not be a little lackluster if you're in a series. He's not in a position to where it's something that he necessarily 
had to do. So no. I, I'm kind of just, you know, my the question that I wrote down was, is kind of maybe I kind of question a little bit of the move to put him in there. If he's, if you don't think that he's going to go out there and just blow those guys out, because That's the key, yeah. Because like, like last year he bad. did that, and at, at this point, you know, so now he's in his second year of futures. The guy that will race him when his time is Deegan is second in points in in, but in, the, in the coast. Beat him last year when they raced, yeah, and you know, and just these guys that he was supposed to be ahead of the program, and I just, I just kind of wonder where the whole thing's at, and like kind of a little bit of what's going on and why, why are we, if he's not up to it yet, let's just wait and get him there. Why are we putting bad press out on futures? That was talked about a little bit and like Ryder is a kid. I have high expectations for, uh, he's one of my favorite amateur kids. I love his family. Um, I mean, I can, I consider him a little buddy, man. I like, I love Ryder D, but yeah, it, it looks kind of bad when you yeah. come out and you get it's, beat by kids that you're not supposed to be beat by twice. Um, we all kind of thought, well, why, you know, people were saying, hey, why not put Ryder D in as a fill-in spot? Yeah. But he, you know, Ryan Villapoto didn't feel Ryder D was ready yet. Yeah. That says a lot, and that bothers me. And, you know, look, he's, he's young, right? But Hayden Diggin technically was behind him in mm-hmm. amateurs. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. And he's yeah. being successful. So what is it? I mean, what do you – I don't know how much you really watch it, Steve, and follow that. Yeah, I, I, but there's something missing – Right now, I don't know if it's strength. I I don't know what it is. Health, yeah. Thing. Yeah, I just and I've always been, you know, when I was growing up, PC has always been dominant, and I've always enjoyed Mitch, and I think that he's been a a gem to this sport and you know what is created. But it's just at this point in time where PC is at, it's just been you know the injury bug has hit him, and this at this point in time, I just think that that's not good for the look of PC to see him just lose touch to those guys. I, I do. Yeah. Not, I do not disagree. It's just, I, and, and it's not, you know, a negative thing to him. It's yeah. just, I, I just kind of question about like where we're at. I, with I was, it. I was disappointed. Yeah. I it's really just, was. it's just sad kind of, cause yeah, you, yeah, you, that, yeah. yeah you not just disappointed like, uh, Oh, he's terrible, but like, oh, it's man, like, I, just, like I wanted, you, you I expected, expected it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I have high expectations for Ryder. Uh, hey, Andy Gregg and the Guts Racing crew have been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they have added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup, as well as the color teal to the gripper material options available. Also new for 2023 are options for your e-bikes. They have complete seats for the Talaria and the Super 73 and covers for the Segway and Suron. And they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes. Visit GutsRacing.com to check out your, the seat covers options available or your seat with 36 hour, uh, thirty-six business day hour turnaround. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us from the Gas Gas Elite team, Mark Phineas. What's up, Mark? Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, man. You sound good. Glad to talk to you. Uh, I had a chance to meet you briefly in Glendale. I definitely kept my eyes on you in Glendale and uh, this weekend at East Rutherford. couple fifths. Looking good, man. Um, yeah, you've been, you look good, dude. Really, really impressed. Thank you. Uh, just trying to make steady progress. You know, these, these guys, these boys have been on, uh, on Supercross a lot longer than I have. I got, uh, two months to prepare for, uh, the Supercross futures kind of crashed out of, uh, I believe Arlington, yep. but we're definitely making progress. I, uh, I got back to club and we're already back training again. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You you had a DNS at Arlington, so I didn't know what happened. And you did not enter or line up for A2, correct? Yeah, that, that is correct. 
Um, so yeah, very, very little experience doing that, but man, a very successful amateur career from when I was looking at, especially in the last couple of years, multiple championships. Um, I think at Ponca, I think you, you did, you know, obviously race Loretta's. Yeah. It's funny. I just, I didn't know a lot about you, but clearly I should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm a big moto guy and that's basically just amateur stuff so i've had a lot of practice on motocross i'm like supercross still learning that yeah i was reading a little bit about you uh growing up you, you weren't even originally considering i think indiana and you were thinking about four wheels man you did some karting kind of had a goal of maybe racing nascar it sounds like but you were a four-wheel guy for a while yes i did i was doing go-karts for five years and i was pretty dang good at it i showed <laughs> up and i one at every race and i kind of like the reason i started ryan derbrice is because i got tired of just riding by myself i understand <laughs> okay all right you were it was just win after win championship after championship and i'm like all right something else and my dad dabbled in some some dirt bikes when he was when he was young so he he brought it up and brought me to my first race and I, my first race was a qualifier and I was on a 50 and I, <laughs> I liked going fast. So I just held it wide open and didn't really think about anything else, but <laughs> I crashed once I looped out and I was going so slow cause I didn't want to do that again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And those carts are so interesting. They're, they're, they're basically like 125 two strokes, aren't they? Like, or two fifty two strokes kind of, yeah, different classes. Like, yeah. Like I, I know there's a lot of different kinds of, uh, go-karts and stuff. Like there's two strokes and then like there's, um, uh, regular kinds. I don't really know. Some I burn alcohol. Yeah. Big into like the, the four wheeled industry anymore. Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to tell you, it makes me mad when somebody's super good at multiple things because I'm not really good at anything. So that makes me a little <laughs> mad. Uh, that you're good, that good at go-karts and obviously you're very good at dirt bikes. That's a little frustrating. Like, can I have some of your talent? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so why not though? I want to stick with the karting for a second. If you were dominating that much is, was there not like another level to move up to, whether it be, you know, cars, like, I, I mean, for, I'm sure there's asphalt, like, uh, there's classes with yeah. smaller cars, not full size cars, but never a goal just to move up to a different four wheel, uh, I class. I, uh, I honestly never even thought about it. I just okay. was doing it like I was, I was so little. I was, I started at four and ended at nine. So like, I just, I was just doing it cause I liked to do it. I had no future plans with it. I wasn't looking that far ahead when I was that young. It's like, but I know you can do like NASCAR, IndyCar, F1, all that types of stuff. But I had no intentions of taking it that far. <laughs> I was just going fast. You're right. just, just, just give me something with the throttle. That's yeah, all you were yeah. concerned about, right? Just want to go fast. Just yeah, wanna go fast. I want to. I want to go go fast. I'm gonna yeah. kind of an adrenaline junkie. Um, so we kind of talked about the, the, the futures program and how, you know, getting used to supercross. And I, and I think it's a great implementation to have that for you guys through this process. What, what do you think you've learned about, learned about most about what you're going to need to be successful in a supercross sport and kind of just take us through that process and maybe some of the things that you didn't expect, something, stuff like that. Uh, the process well, uh, Hmm. <laughs> it's not it's been that long but it feels like forever uh well the travel 
like whether you fly or drive, that definitely takes a lot out of you. Um, having to get your uh, credentials and stuff and sitting and waiting because we show up a, a, like a day or two early because we don't want to like miss anything. And uh, being in a stadium definitely kind of wigs you out the first time. It definitely did me. It was like, but I didn't even get, even get to race in front of the fans and stuff. And uh, the first time I did that, I, uh, it kind of kind of wigged me out a little bit. I was a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Had a bit yeah. of st- stomach issues because I was so nervous. <laughs> but uh, it doing the futures is definitely a big help because if I were to just like train Supercross out, like uh, here at club and at a facility without the stadium and then just go show up, it definitely would like take a lot of my uh, speed because being so nervous. So the futures program is definitely a big help in the, uh, the future of my career in Supercross. When you, when you've left some of these Supercross races and gone back and done more of your traditional moto stuff, did you, do you feel your speed increase because of what you went through in the Supercross? Yes, uh, a lot actually, because I'm I've been more of a just hold it wide open and squeeze the bike, and if I crash, I crash. But if I don't, <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> so like and, like, Supercross has really helped me um, be more methodical with my riding and not be such a, a bulldog and just hold it wide open. It's like I've been really doing well with feet on pegs, good bike control, balance. Uh, positioning on the bike and I uh, transitioned that over to motocross and it's just brought me to another level. Awesome. Nice. Cool. What's your favorite obstacle on a supercross track? Uh, who? Well, I would say the whoops, but depending on how big they are, they're not <laughs> my favorite. If they're like, if they're the 15 foot whoops, then they're my favorite. If they're like 12 or 13, then I have hard, a hard time timing my front uh, tire on them. So I, cause I tend to skip a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, the fifteen yeah. lets you just hold it wide open. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm catching a theme here. We yeah. like to hold it wide open. Hold I like it wide it. Open. <laughs> Not first, you're yeah. yes, yeah. going fast. So going back to the futures at this last event, the kids that beat you were all uh, Juju's won a couple of those, and then other you know relatively big name kids, right? Daxon Bennett, uh, Ryder D, and Casey Cochran, all kids who have deals and basically factory support. Um, has to make you feel pretty good. Do you have, you're currently with Gas Gas Elite, Daniel Blair's got you locked in a little bit, but do you have any major support coming for outdoors and next year? What is your plans? Uh, Do you know? Well, I don't really, I don't really, like, I want to go pro after Loretta's. Okay. But um, with the team and everything, I guess it's just up to them whether I'm, I'm jocking with it and feeling good, up to speed, if I'm able to, like, produce results i guess it's up to them and daniel blair to decide whether or not i go pro i'll like talk I do i want to dabble in some pro nationals this season but i don't know okay. i do still have to do the the combines at like red bud and iron man you've done one of those haven't you have you done a combine already i've done i think i've done three. Oh, okay yeah i've done okay. Th- i've done three i've done the two at iron man and one at red bud I'll I'll text DB in a minute. I'll tell him you're ready. I got you. I got some dirt on DB. <laughs> Mark, did did you did the results that you have had in the futures? Does did that exceed the expectations that you kind of set for yourself? Or where you know he mentioned uh, some of the guys that no, not really. I always set a pretty high bar for myself. Just I don't know. I've always had that. It's like mm, yeah. Could, I, 
that, that, that might be a bad thing. No, but no, I no. do. I do think I am able to get on the podium. It's like, I know win is, is pretty far, far out there right now, but I think a podium is definitely, uh, in reach, especially with this weekend. I look back at the lap times and even though I missed the, uh, the triple quad double single on the side, uh, a few of the laps, I was still running as faster, faster lap times than, uh, Cocker and, and DeFrancesco. But I just six minutes, not enough time. Yeah, yeah I'm out on a quad. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good though that you're just listening to you talk. You're picking things up. You're like, okay, I, you know, I, I made I made a few mistakes. I missed these sections. My lap times are good. Like you're 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 absorbing what you need to be absorbing, which that's good. I think it's going to come. How has riding at club helped you? Um, there's a lot of fast guys out there. The Phoenix Honda guys there are a lot. Uh, Enzo obviously is killing it. Jeremy Martin, you know, when he's healthy, he, he, there's so much talent out there. So many people to take, to absorb some of that information from, it's gotta be benefiting you. Yeah. They, uh, they're really open. They're, they're, they help me all the time. Enzo kind of mentors me a little bit. Jeremy Martin on and off the track. We're, we're pretty good friends, I believe. And, uh, Brandon, the owner, he's, uh, he's helped me a lot with my dieting because I'll admit, before I came here uh, this this year, my diet wasn't the best, but I didn't know what was good and what was bad. I just cut out the sugar, but there's mm. also like the the just the bad food. And I really stepped up and uh, really started focusing on my uh, my diet and what I eat. It's like I eat a lot of fruits, frozen fruits. Uh, I started making my own breakfast in the morning with eggs and stuff, all yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. And I started tracking what I eat, and I I eat like on average 5,500 calories a day wow. <laughs> and it, but you, but that, that's what you got to do. Cause we burn through that yeah. in a day. It's like, but if you're not doing what we're doing, then you'll just get kind of, kind of chunky. You, you burn a lot of calories when you're holding it wide open. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, your goal right now is Loretta's and then maybe some outdoors. Have you even had that conversation at all? Do you know what the likelihood is? It's, it, it's hard to say. Okay. Like I, I could just make a big improvement, like break through the ceiling of my, of the speed and stuff and, just be ready but right now we can't really say it's like i don't really even know how i stack up against uh uh the likes of uh like <laughs> lawrence or mcadoo or all those other guys i don't know how i would handle those guys sure how how long have you been doing the a class thing is it is it pretty new or is if you still kind of class been doing that for just a this year i was last year so you've done yeah. did you do we've already had the couple of the spring nationals yeah he he won at freestone all right you got the 250 uh with open pro sport champ i got i got both the uh the pro sport championships yeah. and then right after that i didn't do the uh the other one spring a ding and yeah. i came back here and started doing supercross see that yeah. frustrated. i was there that at freestone uh wednesday i think or maybe thursday before i flew whatever race that was that weekend maybe glendale i think and i was there and i remember that but you know i didn't know who you were i just said at the beginning of this like i should have known who you were and i didn't even come talk to you and like you were winning man it's Bad on me, bro. But yeah, that was. I remember watching you. Like, who is this kid? <laughs> I kind of like it like that. Yeah. No one, no one. I'm gonna come out of nowhere and just sweep everything. It'll be, I, I like it like that. All right, I, yeah. dude. I like this kid's attitude. Man. He's on a gas, yeah. gas. Yeah. He likes to hold it wide open. He's, He's set, dude. He's I do, on it. I, I like the gas. I'm, I'm team husky right now, so we're sort of like teammates almost. <laughs> 
KTN Gas Gas Husky, it's all under the same thing. You can support whoever you want as long as it's under that tent. But Mark, I asked Daniel for a uh, for a vet deal, and he said no. He said, "We got Mike Brown. That's all we need." So, yeah, oh. yeah you're not you're not there, <laughs> bro. Did you, you didn't see me race Dude. this weekend? Okay, I've seen Mike Brown. Can I look like Mike Brown? It's a Husky number three. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> man, Mike, Mike Brown rips. Dude, does he not? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know. I, how old is he? Like sixty? I don't know. <laughs> he still rips though. I don't think he's that hey. old, but he's uh, yeah. I don't. He's he's a bad dude, bro. I bet you his. I bet you you'd be. He'd be like if you rode with him, he would be right there. Like he, I've seen Ooh. him. My uh, Mike. Mike Brown with Mark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you're talking to me. I was like, no, Whoa. he'd he'd be all over you because I saw him. He raced a local pro race that we had. Oh, he yeah. was running like third against oh, like guys that are about like you know that are on no doubt. rides. No doubt he can qualify for a national. No doubt. Oh, he oh, could top. He oh, could get oh, points. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He could top twenty all day because at, at pro, the pro challenge here in Tyler, Texas. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. When yeah. um Matt LeBlanc was here, yeah, dude, he destroyed Matt yeah. LeBlanc. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Mark, dude, yeah, I, it's cool to get to know you a little bit. Um, I, I apologize. I didn't know more about you, but I, I think you have a bright future, man, I, and I like your personality a lot. That goes a long way, too, with becoming a pro and communicating with the media and the fans and the teams. I, I think you you seem like a very intelligent, well-put-together kid, and I look for big things out of you, man. I appreciate that. I, uh, I try my best. I know personality is a long goes a long way and I try my best. <clears throat> Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> I was eating strawberries and the seeds are stuck <laughs> oh, in my throat. <laughs> well, don't choke on us, but yeah, um, Daniel's good people. He's going to have your back. So yeah, listen to him. He's really intelligent. He's one of those guys that really pisses me off because he's so good at everything he does. I don't know if you realize besides being a TV commentator, besides having a really good podcast, besides winning an arena cross championship, the dude can sing his ass off too. He is a, a, a band. Can sing? Dude. So his podcast I gotta is called, talk, I got to, I got to talk to him about that dude, later. <laughs> go on iTunes and look at main event. Okay. The same as his podcast. That's his band with his brother. He rips. It's yeah, our really. intro. Yeah, that's our intro. Actually, hey, check this out. Uh, that's too long. I would play it, but it's way too long. Yeah, check out Main Event on I, I, iTunes. Um, yeah, Daniel just pisses me off. <laughs> too good. Yeah, too good at everything he does. But he's going to he's gonna help you out. He's a good guy to have in your back corner. So, man. Um, but, yeah, great talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll keep in touch, and uh, we'll see how you're doing once outdoor or, you know, once Loretta's comes around and outdoors, and we'll get you back on. Sounds good. All right. Mark Phineas brought to you by Guts Racing. Thanks, buddy. Keep her pinned, bud. Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll see you, Mark. See you, man. Right. Mark Phineas, man. Yeah, he, dude, I like his. He's had a. He, he might, he's my new favorite amateur. Oh, I can't take over. Not over Ryder D. Ryder's my kid. Ryder's my homie. Oh, yeah. What? He's just got that confidence. Yeah. Just, the yeah, DNA test? Well, I didn't mean literally my kid, <laughs> doofus, but. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm a big. So we're gonna get the people what they want, man. <laughs> the show is going so. Okay, um, hang on. Let me find my Mo tool read real quick because we put your life have, together over there, man. Yeah, we do not have a tech tip since TJ's not in. Mo tool founded in 1853. Give your ride its shine back. The Mo tool E10 Shine and Go spray is our go-to detailer for all of our bikes. Mo tool E10 Shine and Go spray cleans and restores plastic to like new condition while leaving a protective film that repels dirt and grime. I sprayed the Husky and the YZ with that before I raced Johnsonville this weekend. Piece of cake to clean up. It smells like citrus, which is almost as cool as your garage smell like race gas. 
You can find this in the entire Motul Power Sports product lineup at shopmotul.com and enter the code VITAL20 to receive 20, 20, I always say 25, 20% off your order of $50 or more. Any local Cycle Gear store and or online at any Power Sports website, you can find Motul Shine and Go. Um, is it, if it's okay, I got something a little impromptu. Yeah, you, you said it. You said not to do, we didn't have a tech tip, but we got Steve here that has his own little track. Six feet under, so we can do it. It is private track, so you guys can't look at crap. Don't show up when I'm training. (laughs) Oh God, (laughs) closed areas for dark sides training only. But uh, so, kind of a track tip in lieu of the tech tip. Okay. Um, what was kind of something that unexpected that you kind of came across building a track? What was what was something that you learned that you had never even thought that would be a part of building a track? Um, just the maintenance basically yeah i mean God, all I mean, of us coming out and riding stuff, for free and well it's not even the guys riding it's more, more of the weather oh yeah Either we've had a lot of rain if it's just pouring down rain or if it gets too dry i mean it'll wash out just being too dry mm-hmm. that in just the different types of dirt too is amazing you know you got hard red clay you know it can get sand yeah. sands i mean we got other dirt and but that's, I think, just the maintenance of, you know, and learning how to face the jumps good properly and having yeah. some fun with that. And you can't you can't just build it and leave it. It's, it's Unfortunately, no. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there was some kind of material that you could, it might cost a fortune, but you could just build the track and it never. Unobtainium. Well, no, I would love it if it never <laughs> rutted, like never rutted up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Soft but, concrete. It's been fun. Like Astro track. Regular. Uh, we got a few things we need to get into before we wrap this thing up. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to do the X. X brand form. Did I, I already did the X brand read, didn't I? Yeah, you yep. did it for Max. Well, that was stupid. Hmm. I'm missing a read. Read it again. Like, they won't eh, mind. <laughs> no, no. There's just. Uh, I feel like I'm missing. Oh, 60, 60 picks. Let's do the sixty picks real quick. Um, who are your picks for Nashville? You don't need to read sixties thing first. I do. I do. I'm I'm a little thrown because I'm missing a sponsor read somewhere. Well, let's. Let's promote them, and then I'll yeah, tell you. <laughs> Since its inception almost 12 years ago, 60 Helmets has been de- dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR-1 to its successor, the ATR-2, the goal was to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative, forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmets. The helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you will purchase, so visit 60helmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. 6D picks for Nashville. I went Sexton Barsha Webb. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Sexton Barsha Tomac. I agree with you, uh, especially if it's dry. Sexton for the win. Because I, you know, I don't think Tomac necessarily is going to have the mindset that he has to go out and win the race. But I think if as long as he's in front, if Coop's in fourth, he's he's happy in third. You know, yeah. I think that's all that matters. And that. Barsha's on a tear. Don't think he has quite the Sexton speed. If, if Sexton gets the start, I think he can run away with it. You know, so that's that's my picks. Um, I agree. Yeah, wait, we got put Steve and I down for the same thing. Yeah, I got him wrote down. I'm look, so we have a we had a winner. We 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 asked for people to submit their picks last week. Yeah, I don't. What did I do? Did I get anyone like, close? None of us were even close because I don't think any <laughs> of us had. Uh, it was like, Bar- Ken- yeah, Kenny. nobody were, like everybody either had Cooper or, you know, guys yeah. that weren't on. Um, so what I did is one guy, Kevin Clark actually picked Barsha to win of all the people that submitted. 
He his picks weren't really that close either, but he did pick Barsha to win. So I gave him the prize pack. He got an FXR casual pack. So con- congratulations to Kevin Clark. Again, guys, I want you to enter. I want all you listeners to get involved. MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. We'll do contests regularly. Uh, we're, I want you to get in with the pro, the procs, highs, and lows. Send us those every week. What are your highs and lows from the weekend, whether it be the GPs or Supercross? Uh, send us your 60 picks, and we will get prizes for different times. And I'll start announcing like a week out what the prize will be for the next week as I start putting those things together. want to get you guys involved. I want to get your thoughts, your comments. It's important to me that the listeners get involved with this. We do not have phone lines where I can get you guys to call in and talk like some of the other shows. But we can get you involved with email, so please, please do that. Enter our Pulpamex Fantasy League, Moto X-Pod show. Just search it out on the league search and get involved. I've got prizes for top three in that coming. So, And I will not be winning even if I was eligible because I am <laughs> so keen. Um, okay, new, new ta- or a new segment this week, and I'm going to start doing this, I think, regularly, is the FXR Forum Check-In. I'm going to go through the Vital Mix Forum. I'm going to find a topic that I find kind of interesting, and we can discuss it, and then you listeners can give us your feedback, again, at motoxpodshow at gmail.com. So this week's uh, FXR Forum Check-In was posted by mjones618, and he said, uh, I was at a state race today spectating and noticed there wasn't a single class with a full gate. The highest number of racers in a class was the 250C with 30 riders, I got to thinking the last time I was racing the state series, it was packed. The gate with uh, the gates were packed with, for most classes. This was an 07 through 09 ish. Uh, what's the problem? Pricing people out, bikes getting too expensive, gear, fuel, lack of tracks, et cetera. What's going on? It really does seem like a smaller community now. So then I reached out to Shan Garcia, who announces a lot of races in mm-hmm. Texas. I reached out to Checkers, who works for Race Tech, and he's up in Iowa. Um, and I called Kiefer, who out in Cali, and everybody across the board says, no, man, entries are up. I texted April, who runs Johnsonville MX, where Steve and I raced yeah. this weekend for the Vet mm-hmm. Series. They had over 200, uh, 190, I think, entries this weekend. Mm-hmm. Previous entry was something like 210, yeah. which for this small Vet Series, that's a lot. So I think he may be wrong. I I think the numbers are up. I think we're at a really good stage of our sport right now. I've got. I think I have an answer for this. Okay, let's do it. So what I've seen is that a lot of the the local guys that would do, like he's talking about, just like a local state race. I'm I'm assuming it's not an AMA thing. I don't know if not. I would say that the AMA stuff, like if you're serious about racing, you're at the all the AMA sanctioned events, your your district series, yeah. and then you're going to these these national stuff. I think that stuff is seeing an all time high. Personally, I think high. I think there's a lot of them that are doing that kind of stuff that are at that level. I think that when it kind of gets to guys at our skill level, it's kind of more of a trend where, like, the racing is it's just like man, I you know I go out there and race and I put myself in more risk. I don't get as many laps. I pay more money. I'm I'm there all day. I think that that those kind of guys are doing more of just ride days. Mm-hmm. I th- when you go to a place that's having a specific ride day, it's it's packed. There's people everywhere. But the track, the races have been packed. Look at Swan's always packed when it's uh, open. I can see where so, you know a little bit of like 
I went and watched a couple of races of the, the just a it's a non-sanctioned just local series that he at does Swan. at yep. Swan. Yep. I saw a couple of motors of it. The fifty-five plus had one guy. Oh wow! They were double gating a That's lot. We were all they were all we at Johnsonville, Johnsonville for the vet series. <laughs> well, that was this that was Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, but they, a lot of them stuck, stuck around for the vintage. Was, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Anyways, yeah. I I can see where the local non-sanctioned stuff is lower turnout. It's just not. What what's the you know these kids that are trying to get them like Kate Johnson for example I never see him at that stuff but when there's an AMA race he's at him yeah when it's a chance where he can maybe even get more contingency or money he's there a local thing doesn't do anything for those guys so I think the local stuff is kind of maybe falling off but as I a whole I don't as a whole the big stuff is, talking, is huge uh, maybe I mean talking to the people I talked to today if, if I feel like the numbers are up. Uh, but Steve, he's kind of right. Like there's our times where I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I want to drive three hours, take all day, spend all that fuel. I mean, it was pretty expensive and to race this weekend, I was like 30 bucks a class plus it's yeah. $20 for, to get in the gate or whatever it was. And you know, fuel and food and et cetera. You know, if you stay the night, if you don't have, you have a camper, but not everybody does it, it can be a very expensive weekend, yeah, but I do think that our sport right now is in a pretty good place and talking to the track owners I talked to. They seem to agree. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends, like, on availability of tracks. Okay. You know, like, say, for travel. Look at fuel costs to travel. You know, I mean, it's, hey, you know, what's the next round? In the office. Fields? Yeah, yep. the office. Mm-hmm. It's like three and a half hours away. Well, yep. some people are going to be going, dang, man, it's going to be a It's going to be triple, a good one, though. Yeah. Track's my, good. Triple yeah. my fuel costs. Right. You know. Sure. And... You know, a lot of people are professional practicers. Mm-hmm. They love just they love to ride, which is cool. And then some people don't race. Some some people live to race. Right. Yeah. I've gotten to where I don't care about racing as much. Like that kind of changed this weekend, and yeah, I want to get I, I want to get to this yeah. weekend. We're going to get to this weekend in a second. But <laughs> riding Friday at Johnsonville's open ride day all day. Yeah. I put an ungodly number of laps, and we're going to get to that in a minute. And that was more fun than the racing was by far. But I think the point is, though, I, I kind of disagree with M. Jones, and at least in our area and the people I talk to. They might not be full gates, but there's a lot of people still going to these events. Yeah. I also kind of have another so, opinion on that. Is okay, I, I think that there's, honestly, there's too many classes at a lot of these. Mm-hmm. I think it Could should be. just be a little more consolidated. Everybody should have the option to maybe do two to three different classes. So you can't change it down too much. But I, I think that they... That, that it's spread out too much. I think there needs to be more of, you know, age if you're, if you're groups, 30, there's abilities. Yeah. Or, yeah. If you're 30, if you're 35 and up, it's just, you know, just well, go out there. Maybe not there every five years, like not a 30 and 35, 30, I 40, think, 50. You know, everybody wants to, you know, the novice guys want to win. The intermediate guys well, want to win. wants to win. That's why yeah, we race. Exactly. Except for TJ. <laughs> but I think that people would. TJ races because he likes to ride around and you, spend money, I guess. You can never convince these people of this, but I think that you would genuinely have more fun. If Say it was, you just went five-year increments, 30, 35, 40, 20, you know, whatever. Anybody that's 30 races this class. Oh, so I got to race against A-class guys? Okay, yeah. hear me out. Man, I already don't like you it. Would, like, yeah. You I'm would have... To, I'm about to mute his mic. You would have... You would honestly have more fun... No, I wouldn't. ...being battling with guys of your skill level in that mid-pack, being in a full gate... It would be more fun racing to battle than that than it would to have five guys in the novice class and okay. then you're in third all by yourself. You know, the reality is you're right because I really do not care about trophies and plaques anymore. Like I didn't even go see if I got one. I just didn't care. You would. So yeah. as long as I'm racing somebody, 
Like my yeah, argument with TJ was like always, yeah. when he was telling me to move the B class, well, I wasn't even close exactly. to that fast. I don't want to ride around. If I'm in a race where the guys are gone in front, but I am yeah. racing with four, five, six, eight guys, then yeah, I'd be, I'd be fine. Yeah, you would, you would have, be, have more yeah. fun getting uh, sure. uh, 15th out of 40 guys than yeah, you would getting a third out of seven. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, um, that's, I, I, I it's hard to, I to just say that and no, people I mean, agree, but well, in reality, I mean, they would. Realistically, yes, we would all love to win. But we, I want, if I'm going to win, I want to win because I was competitive against somebody. I don't yeah. want to win by just sandbagging. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> we need to wrap up a couple. Jamie had one of those breakout. Well, rides. we're yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to Johnson. Really we're gonna close the show out with our local race talk. So if people want to bail out, they can. Um, Prox rooted in racing from motocross to off road supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki and Pro Yamaha. And SLR Honda, Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and uh, affordability. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer. Visit prox-usa.com to search for parts for your bike and follow Prox Racing Parts on social media to stay up to date with their latest products for 2023. We're going to do the Prox... Highs and lows. What you laughing at? Uh, TJ? TJ's like, holy, holy crap. I actually agree with Scotty for once. Oh. <laughs> Prox highs and lows. Uh, Steve, let's go to you first. What are your highs and lows from this past weekend? Uh, just the the lightning delay. Was it high or low? Low, dude. I mean, <laughs> okay. it's like, well, in the rain a little bit too. Yeah. The race, the track was seems to be working in pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be a good race. It was yeah. going to be a really good mm-hmm. race. And then... That split lane came in. Like at first, I thought that yeah. split lane was terrible, but it actually was sort of working. Yeah, I, I disagree. I thought that nobody nah. used that the outside. Bullshit. Like or Jet, somebody did and made yeah. a pass. Yeah. I mean, there, there were some guys that were using it that I, I was at first. I thought nobody was going to use it. Yeah. So once they used it and it sort of worked, I was like, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good low. What was your high? You got a high? No highs. Barsha uh, <laughs> won, man. Yeah. Okay. You know, All got right. another winner. Yeah. You know, and he's just you know he's through the roof. Yeah. It's awesome to have a you know, new winner. You know, it really is. But you, Scotty? Hi? I would say, oh, I got to go high first. I got to go high first. if you want. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, start. I think start the, uh, I, I think the, the high is, is watching uh, Tomac come back from having a, you know, it did not look like you, it was going as planned. And to see him pull off that, as far as championship considered, uh, you know, a, you look back at that season and say that that was one of those defining rides right there. So that would probably be my high. Low is either going to be AC and AP mm-hmm. not making it in, or I'm, I was even going to lean towards to to Ryder D. Unfortunately, I don't like that. I don't like that one. I don't like it either. Yeah. I don't want to have to say it. Well, I'm going to go Max Anstey as my high. Yeah, getting his win. Yeah, that's a good one. My lows I have wrote down are same as yours: lightning, rain delay. Uh, uh, AC crash, all those things are pretty much the same for this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, yeah, kind of a bummer. Again, I want to hear from you guys. MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. I want to see my email lit the F up. Send me some stuff. I want to get you guys some prizes. We'll get more sponsors involved with doing that. Let us know you're listening, man. It's a big deal to me. Um, it's really important to get some listener feedback and read those on the air. So, yeah, I want to close this thing out with our local race talks. And Steve and I raced this weekend. Uh, I haven't raced really in a long time. Steve, you haven't raced much recently, but I've been riding a lot. So our local track, Johnsonville MX, one of our local tracks, my favorite place to ride, April and Cole Johnson, beautiful people. Uh, just that open ride day, 
Friday. I went up all day Friday. Race Saturday, I signed up for the same class I always sign up for, plus 45C. Because if you listen to the show in the past, you know my argument on this C class. If you're mm-hmm. relatively new to the class or the show, I'll explain it very quickly. In Texas, nobody really moves up when they should. So, <laughs> reality, I should be a B rider with the experience I have. But when I ride the B class, I'm basically riding around in the back by myself. It's not any fun. You're not racing I, anybody. Just let me finish. Okay, okay. You're not racing anybody. So, I never really want to move up and ride with those guys. I stay in the C class because I'm first through fifth, seventh, something like that. That's my speed. That's been my speed. So, that's what I signed up for. Didn't really realize how much I've improved in the last yeah, year. For Just sure. didn't notice. So I went and rode Friday all day, and I was doing things like I jumped the triple at Johnsonville mm-hmm. that I've been terrified of. Uh, it is much smaller than it used to be, but still, that was very confident building, confidence building. What really got me was how many laps I put in. Mm-hmm. So I had my heart rate monitor on. It doesn't give GPS, but it gives time, right? So first moto I went out, first practice, I did 32 minutes. And this is not like, oh, I'm going to ride a lap and I'm going to cruise. I mean, I was riding. I was putting everything I had in, came off. Second time I went out, I rode for 44 minutes. Yeah, I couldn't do I, that. It was like 25 laps or something. Um, came in, filled up, was not tired. I remember every lap coming around going, like thinking in my head, what the fuck is going on? I'm not even tired. I have no arm pump. I'm just going to keep going. And most of the guys out there that day were quite a bit slower than me, but I would use them as mm-hmm. gauges. Oh, I'm going to catch that guy and make a try to make a cool pass. If you were out there for 44 minutes, you probably I rode know. with the guy. <laughs> he got back, went and got some yeah. Gatorade, and got back on the track, well, and you were still riding. I don't know how many people. It was just like, I was having so much fun. I was doing things that I had never done, sections just the way I was doing them. Um, the bike handled perfect, the Husky 350. I came back in. Ate a sandwich, topped off my fuel, went back out, forgot my heart rate monitor to turn it on. So I counted and I did 22 laps. Yeah. Then I came in. So that was there about almost, I don't know, a minute 50. I don't remember what the lap times mm-hmm. are. Came back in, ate another sandwich, hung out for a few minutes, rode the two stroke a couple laps, came back in. Um, and then I went out for 28 minutes and I started to f- feel some blisters on my hands. So like, oh, blisters be- on my fingers. So I, I, I better, I was like, I better stop because I have to race tomorrow. So yeah. I don't know how many laps I did. It was a lot. And yeah. I felt awesome. I then woke up Saturday morning with some soreness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't was, sure. wasn't super comfortable. Had to stretch out and signed up for the C class with Steve. Uh, <laughs> I can't well, Steve doesn't ride See, as much. So go ahead. I, I was gonna say I, if I don't think you you mentioned it. You're not giving yourself enough credit for how much you've improved. No, I, if yeah, I had no. been because I rode it's with training. you, I rode with you at at Steve's house. Yeah, I have not been riding at all. I'm completely out of shape. I couldn't do put together five good laps, and you like I had nothing for you. And usually, if you know, if we go back, if we take where I was when I was riding a lot to where you are now, I would probably I should be beating you. I'm yeah. not trying to be no, you're, like braggadocious you're, you're, or anything. I think you have more talent than I do or more skill. Well, yeah, I, th- I would say I would and be, younger. yeah, I would be disappointed if, if you just, if we were both riding a lot and you just straight up beat me. I'm yeah. just, you know, okay, just fair. flat out. But I, I would have been, there, if I had been there at Saturday at Johnsonville, I would be like, dude, you do not need to ride that C class. You are well, riding way faster than I you're giving yourself credit I didn't realize for. I was going to be that much better. So I did, took the gate drop, got kind of pinched off. I got a decent start, but I got pinched off a little mm-hmm. bit and just, Basically, I just backed out and let everybody go because I didn't I didn't want to crash. I think I was around eighth starting by the, not even the end of the first lap I was leading. 
And the pass I made on the leader, who was the guy leading the points, as soon as I made the pass, I was like, yeah, I'm moving up. Yeah. So I finished the moto, and like I actually stalled the bike at one point, and Chase, who our buddy Chase, who was shooting photos, he's like, did you do that on purpose to let him catch up? I was like, no. No, <laughs> no I just legit stalled. But I knew, so as soon as I took the checkers, I rode to the pit, I walked down to the scoring tower, and I told April, I said, move me to the B class, just don't even score that. That was ridiculous. Like, I, it wasn't fair. Nobody complained from what I understood, but yeah, I just, I was blown up. So I moved to the B class, and I think I went like five, six. I was pretty wore out by then, and I did five total motos because of the extra moto. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the riding. And I rode the, yeah. I rode the two-stroke class, which that, I was really crappy in that. Um, I think I got last both. Like there was only five of us, I believe. I think I went five five. Yeah, and that's a, and there can be like pros in there too. They, yeah, yeah, it was all mixed up. And, yeah. Um, but I I was very I was thrilled with how I rode. Like I I I think I was even telling Steve I went to your house like the week before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I put the air forks back on because I had a fork seal leak mm-hmm. on my forks, and I went and rode to his house to test them. And even that night, I was oh, yeah. I was, was just so I couldn't stuck. even contain my words. I didn't know how, I was like. I've never rode like that. I yeah. blitzed the whoops at his house that are kind of rollers that we normally yeah. double because I accidentally entered them so damn fast that I couldn't double them. I was just way yeah. too fast. So I just stayed on it. I don't know. I was very, I, I was calling Kiefer going, I don't know what the hell's going on. Just, that's it's like uh, a magical weekend. <laughs> I had a period in time when I, when I first started riding back again and got, you know, got a year where I was kind of getting my legs back underneath me. Yeah. And then that following year we did that Moto master series. I think we did. I counted. We, we, it was like 27 weeks where we rode like every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, at the end of that 27 weeks, dude, like I could, I could go out and put solid 15 laps with, you know, running my pace. I was as fastest as I'd ever been. It's when you can consistently go two or three times a week and ride. It, it's amazing how, yeah. how much you improve. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I told somebody, maybe uh, Adam Montoya from... That's who I was trying to think of Burm earlier, Lord, Adam. From Berm Lords. I told him Saturday, Friday, I was like, I think this is what Eli Tomac feels like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. No matter where I put the bike, I could pass anybody anywhere I wanted. It was just unreal. It was such a cool feeling. And I was about to say something else, and I lost my train of thought. But you, Ray, Steve, how did it go for you? How did you feel? Uh, completely out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> I spend too That's much time on my us, dozer that. and tractor than I yeah. do my mountain bike and you know in the gym by far. And you know I like I like to eat. I need to call uh, he eats strawberries like uh, yeah. like Mark yeah. did. Mark, yeah, strawberries. more strawberries for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but you had a good time. Bad. It was a good yeah. weekend. It was fun. You know, yeah, it was a blast. And you know that place is. Oh, I know what I was going to say. But go ahead. If you can imagine a motocross track. And the middle of a golf course is basically. Oh, it's beautiful. Course. Yeah, it's yeah, it's awesome. nice. It is a awesome place. Yeah. Right. The other thing I was going to say is racing Saturday. Shan Garcia, who owns Shock Socks and Berm Lords, he announces a lot of races around Texas. Has mm-hmm. for 20, 30 years, oh, forever. Yeah, and that's what he came up to me and said, "Dude, I've been watching you ride for twenty something years." He said, "I've never seen you that mm-hmm. fast. I've never." Se-. He said, "If you had ever gone that fast before, you would crash." And he said that was, he was, he's always told me, or he's told me for the last couple of years as I've been training, especially, mm-hmm. he said, well, why, man, you know, we're vets. We're really, we're never going to get any better. This is as good as we're ever going to be. And he's like, yeah, you are better than you've ever been. So that was big praise to me. Just him saying that because he had previously said kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. And I feel the difference. When, I can't wait to race the office in a couple of weeks. 
I can't office. wait for you to go that, back to Cali track. to the Vet Nationals. Uh, that will not translate at Glen Helen. I think it was Kiefer or some, or maybe Gage. Michael Gage was like, yeah, maybe you got something from out. I was like, no, it just doesn't translate. Uh, if I could go to Glen Helen and spend two weeks, let's say, and ride three, four times a week, three times a week for those two weeks, get six or seven good rides out there, maybe. You, look, need, you need to do legit, the Millville ride day. Legit. Steve's corner speed was superior to mine. I think after this weekend, a lot closer. Because I one of the things I focused on Friday was getting off the rear brake going into the corner mm-hmm. and forcing myself to get on the gas and stay on the gas all the way through the corner. Because normally, my mind, I get on the gas, I'm like, oh, shit, it's not going to work. I'm going to overshoot. And I let off, and then the bike stands up. Mm-hmm. But I was very much focusing on that this weekend. And I had a lot of really good, a lot of corner speed at times. So I, it's coming. You got a breakthrough ride, dude. Yeah, but, but I have, but Glen Helen's so different. It's just so different. Yeah. Um, I will say I had a close call though, because I was <laughs> so confident and the breakthrough ride, there's a straightaway that got really, really choppy. And then there's a right-hander. Most people are going inside. Oh, the, the downhill after that tabletop? Uh, uh no. Cause that thing gets no, gnarly. No, no, before that. Okay. Similar. The, um, it's a smaller tabletop. Going towards that before you jump down the double, the downhill double. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was going all the way left and and quote unquote railing the the right hander <laughs> after that. But I was going into that corner so fast. That's where I was passing people like crazy. Uh, one lap, I was so confident that when I went to hit my back brake, I missed because I was so far back on the bike and balls in my feet. I reached for the brake again, missed. I missed three times, and I was like in my mind, I'm like, I am going to absolutely launch off this berm into the woods. And I just, I literally had to just pull all the way forward and slam the back brake. And then I stalled the bike and thankfully kicked back in and took off. But that was my one close call. But yeah, just overall, I'm sure nobody listening gives a crap about any of this, (laughs) but I was just so excited. It was. It's the most fun I've had riding dirt bikes in many, many years and the most confident I've probably ever been. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's crazy diet, riding a lot, exercise. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, oh, you, He's living you say that dude. stuff. I, but, I, yeah. I've seen it. You know, when I first started building my track, you know, about three years ago, I mean, Jamie, he'd, go, he'd come out to the house and he'd ride. I don't even think I rode out there with that at the start because I've only been really riding back a lot in the last year. Well, I mean, but back then you'd come yeah. and ride or whatever and he might ride three laps. Yeah. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he would yeah. just, he'd go, oh man, I'm just, you know. <laughs> Arm pump. Yeah, wore tired, out. Yeah. Hurting, and I'm like, and then he started training and training and mm-hmm. eating right and Makes a difference. I'm here Dude, for it, man. Just, I need yeah. to. I'm. I'm be. I'll be riding again soon when parts are on the way. So we'll get back out there. I need to. I need to lose my gut as well. TJ so. just texted and said pit bikes are even more fun. Which I. <laughs> I've only rode pit bikes twice. I rode at, at, at that event up in Iowa, Winterset, that yeah. Race Tech puts on, and I rode at TJ's house right before mm-hmm. I, um, like a week or so ago. Well, TJ and I are short. It big bikes are fun. Dude. I don't. You'd have to get some really. T- you'd have, well, have to have some eight hangers. See that? Dude, eight I hangers. destroyed my right knee. Like I just kept hitting the bars. I didn't yeah. have my knee pads or my. And it was a lot of fun, but I need shin guards for that because it's so. Well, and you need you the need, riding you need part bars. was fun, but every time I would move a little bit to get to the brake, I'd bat, smash the. You weren't doing it in boots, were you? No, I was in full gear. You were in boots. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I didn't know, you well, can't. He told me that, but then all I had was like my decent shoes. Yeah, and I didn't want to. The be, the like skateboarding shoes are the best for pit bike riding. Like a solid skateboard shoe, and maybe maybe like a shin guard or something. 
Yeah. Mm. Well, I, yeah, you can't ride in the boots. Learned, it's impossible. Learned. I didn't. He told me like, "Why are you wearing gear?" I'm like, "Ah, because you I can wear, wear everything except for the boots." Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I did. So lesson learned. But anyway, we need to wrap the show up. I want to thank our presenting sponsors, Race Tech and Boyson. Also, Prox, X Brand, Guts, FXR, Sixty, Luxon, Motul, and W. I want to thank Levi Kitchen, Maximus Volan, and Mark Phineas, Steve Williamson for coming in studio. Scotty, thanks for being here. TJ, you suck. Other than that, I think we're out. <laughs>